This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Shit, man, let's get into it, yo. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to This Week in Culture, episode 40. 40 of them things. Nigga, I should have brought two more 40s up man, to this no, bitch. No, 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 nigga, no more 40s. Hey, the 40s <laughs> took us out last week, yo. Me and Jay both might have gotten some trouble last week off the 40s. I did. I, I left this bitch and was very annoying. I already know, nigga. Everybody who saw me post-podcast uh, was not a fan. But fuck it, man. Welcome back to episode 40. I'm your host, Ant Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad, Ant, a.k.a. Uh, shit, the leader of the 63rd Street Mob. And I got my nigga with me, man. Jay, what up? What up, though? It's your boy, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the podcast whisperer, a.k.a. the Godcaster. Oh boy, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> this week we review season two, episode three of The Shy. Um, before we get into the review and all that, just in general, I've been seeing a lot of people comment. I saw uh, one comment. I think I know where you're going. I, no, I've seen, so I saw that one comment several times from different people. Niggas ain't fucking with this season so far. Niggas ain't really feeling this season so far. Niggas is telling me, oh, it's moving slow. Oh, it's boring. Oh, this shit ain't hidden. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. We're going to get into the review, so I ain't going to dive deep into it. But I think Sunday's episode was the first one this season that I felt like it didn't move forward what I wanted it to move forward. This was like the first episode that I felt like, mm, I, it was cool. I actually was like, once this shit was over, this yeah. episode, I didn't want it to be over, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I was like, dog, this is a really good show. So... Your sentiments on not wanting it to be over. I ain't want it to be over because I needed something else to happen. Like I was waiting, we'll but it's setting it. up the next episode. We'll get into uh, but it. yeah, we're gonna get into the review uh, in a minute. Before that, we got some cultural shit to pop off. Uh, do 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 do. What I got on my list? Oh shit! I wanted to talk about this last week, but we're getting into it right now. So Instagram is discussing getting rid of publicly showing the like count on your posts. And publicly showing your follower amount. They're discussing that right now. Just removing it in general. Which is funny because Kanye suggested that shit last year. And niggas said he was fucking crazy. And all oh, that'll be whack. And they was like, oh, nigga, you and your bitch. Depend on the likes and the followers and all that. And now it might happen. Floyd got a... Uh, Floyd and Justin Bieber, of all yeah. people, they, they they own a... I don't know what the app is called. But that's mm. what they, that was the, the feature. Like... Mm. We don't care. Yeah, how many likes and followers. Yeah, well, yeah Instagram is uh, currently discussing rolling that out like ASAP. I would love um, it. I, I would love it too. And I know, I don't know if this was official from Instagram, but one thing I read was for the same reason that Kanye said last year, saying like, yo, that's a part of why people are depressed and why people are not, like, we live in an era where seeing a post and you got three likes on that bitch might fuck with your head. Especially if you look up and realize, Hey, I got 2000 followers or some shit like that. And ain't nobody fucking with me. Like, but you'll get the notification. Yeah. So Everybody you'll still will. see it, but it's the public niggas perception. Gonna, niggas gonna screenshot that shit and put it up. Mm, that's, what, that's, that's what's going to happen. Well, then you'll be doing what I hate. The clout most. chasing <laughs> clout right nigga we come from the era of doing the most but that clout chasing shit because if i see any of you niggas screenshot your like or follower account fam i see niggas still screenshot when a person like four or five of their pictures shout Jesus out for the Christ. love 
They still doing that. I saw it on Instagram. That's so 2011 Instagram. Yo, any nigga doing that, me and Jay Thanks jumping, for the bro. ad. Think <laughs> <laughs> I will shoot you. I wish I would go to say. Thanks what, for nigga, the say ad. Say you go to your girl Facebook page and the nigga on that bitch talking about some thanks for the ad. Hey, oh, nigga, nigga what? First of all, you thank my girl for the ad. Nigga, you got another friend coming a few seconds later. Nigga, I'm right there and I will not be thanking you, buddy. Um... But it's funny you said that because I accepted this girl. I accept pretty much everybody. Like, if I could tell you a real human, um, I'm going to probably accept your shit or follow you back on the gram. I accepted this girl shit the other day. She hit me with a DM. And you could tell she sends these out. But it was this long ass, like, thank you and welcome to my page. I hope you enjoy this experience. And Bitch, blah, blah. if you don't get the fuck out I of here with like, that dumb shit. Fam, you just caught the unfollow. <laughs> like, I, I tried to be there for you, dog. But uh, Matumbo. Hey, if you want me to follow you back, go ahead and follow This Week in Culture on Instagram and Facebook because we for sure are following everybody back who fuck with us on the uh, on the podcast page. But yeah, man, Instagram so, about to fuck y'all up, buddy. But you know what's so funny what's is good? Um, sometimes I don't remember who following me. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. if you don't like no shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, if you ain't like active on my shit. Yeah, or yeah. like if y'all didn't change our picture or something. Yeah. Like I may not know that I may not even know that you there. Yeah. Cause I got it set up where I'm only gonna get a notification from a like if I'm already following a person. Mm. So like I may not never know that you was there. Yeah. Yeah. I um in general, I feel like Instagram should force people to have their real name somewhere in the search. Uh like mm-hmm algorithm don't search me i want that because i because it'd be some people who follow me and i don't know who they are because i don't know their name they I don't have you. pictures of themselves like they got pictures like my homegirl she does photography yeah and her whole page is other, other people. people and it's like for a minute i didn't know who she was till she had dm me and then she was like hey there's such and such and i was like Oh, nigga, I didn't know you was you. I'm like, I didn't even know you was into photography. Fact so. on my photography on my photography page, the Canon.jpg. Mm. Uh, I actually do got my name mm-hmm. in the. It says Jason in the. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I don't, I don't have a yeah. picture of myself on there. I don't think, especially uh, with business pages, if you're not promoting your business from your main page. And like, I want to support all my friends, all the homies. Uh, if you got a business page. If you ain't got your name in there, that's cool. But, like, let me know you, you. Like, shoot me the quick DM or whatever. Yo, this my new shit. Like, check us out. Something, nigga. I just want to follow in and help out, man. But uh, shout out to the gram. I hope they remove all that shit so you vain-ass niggas can relax. I want the ability to have the swipe up without having 10,000 followers, fam. Mmm. Because, like, like, why do you... Like, there's no way for me to share content on Instagram. Yeah. Besides linking my bio. Yeah, yeah. But if I post something on my story, yeah, and I want others to go to it, like... Yeah, I want to be able to hit you with the swipe up, like any other business. But, you know, you got to have 10,000 followers in order for you to swipe up. Like, fam, That's why? trash. Like... But in the meantime, so they update that, help me and Jay get to 10,000 followers facts. right quick. Uh, get at me and him and the This Weekend Culture Instagram and Facebook pages. Uh, what else I got for these hoes? Do to the do do do. It's a <laughs> it's a company in Argentina that is releasing what they're calling the consent pack of condoms, and it will require all four hands from you and your partner to open the box. You need four hands to be able to all twenty fucking 
fingers need to be on this box for you to open it. Fem- and it's called the consent pack. And their uh, their slogan is, if it's not a yes, it's for sure a no. So you niggas ain't raping over in Argentina, and you definitely ain't fucking without no uh, consent. Uh, well, um, but I know Argentina is. Are they a second world country? I don't know. I feel I like they're they not money. Like, they're they not like, money in Argentina. They're not like third world. I always no. They definitely not third world. I hear first world problems. I hear third world <laughs> country, but I never hear anybody never, talk about the second world. Yeah, shout out to my second world niggas. Uh, I don't think they on our level. But no, no, no. Y'all niggas don't know about how niggas steal shit out of stores. That's if a nigga can get through so the plastic a of a spider wrap to take out a fuck nigga, I went to the fucking um, the dollar store on Finkel Grand River, a little area. Yep, yep. Nigga, the 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 underwear got spider wraps on them bitches, nigga. <laughs> the t shirts, the underclothes got like no fam. I love us. Niggas gonna make it through their package, fam. Yeah. Um. My only thing with it, because I like the idea, hey, off both of y'all need to put your hands on this bitch for y'all to get to the condom. But where I don't think they thought it through or maybe didn't do their research for the U.S., we ain't using rubbers over here, bro. <laughs> like Now you about to get... Now, I, now I you hate about to be the bearer of bad news. Now you about to get somebody... Y'all really just encouraging the raw. Yeah. Because when... The raw rape. Yeah. When Shorty in the mood, That's I can tell I'm you right mean. now, she ain't trying to put her hands on a motherfucking box to open this goddamn Or, you shit. know, you know, like niggas like me who like don't rape. Yeah, uh, now you just making this shit inconvenient. Yeah. Now I'm soft now. Because I'm soft now. So thanks, uh, Argentina because company. Because while we was over here watching the movie mm-hmm. and doing whatever, and I just reached back yeah. and brought the... You know, like... Yeah. Now we got to... Yeah. Uh, Hey, hold this. <laughs> so that's my many problems with condoms. Uh, that's always been one of them, like the inconvenience of having to stop and be like, let me get the rubber. Man. So and then D, you got to put the rubber on. And she D, just sitting there dry. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting there drying up on your ass. You got to have them strategically placed. Yeah. So, like, so it's not, <laughs> and then if they find a strategic place, now nah, yeah. it's like you're a creep. Like, right. Then you, oh, you got to fucking. You just got, you just got rubbers taped underneath the, underneath the, yeah. <laughs> the side of the bed. Like what? When I was younger, I used to. <laughs> I pre-wear the bitch, nigga. Mm. Like, if I knew I was fucking nigga, that no, motherfucker no, was already on, that. bro. That's not a thing. Really <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You can put the condom on the softie, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling niggas now, it works. Oh, <laughs> then you just wild. grow into the rubber, bro. <laughs> but that was 15-year-old me. You know what I'm saying? You talking about dry. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, that kind of oh, be choking shit. a softie to death, nigga. That's I was funny, sitting bro. there like... Dick, like I can't breathe, That's nigga. Shit. But hey, man, fuck it. Uh, just wear rubbers, nigga. As me and Jay try to tell y'all every week. Uh, what else I got? Oh shout shit! Out to late, shout out to Durex. Can we get a sponsor? <laughs> I know late. Right, nigga. Probably, they probably too big for us. Pause. Yeah, no. Company wise. Yeah, yeah. No, we not. Uh, <laughs> we not fucking with Trojan. We know we ain't yeah. big like that. Yeah, Durex could definitely get at us. Um, Lifestyle might. You know, they might be able to hit us up. We'll take a half a sponsorship from Lifestyle. Uh, let me see. I had a a quick little um, BlackBerry letter. It was some super. They was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Hey, Ann and Jay, got a question for you guys. Just curious. What are the do's and don'ts of spending the night at someone's house for the first time? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Don't ever spend a night with me. I'm telling you now. I don't uh, like people. Don't blow their bathroom up. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, do not, yo. If you have to shit, do not spend a night. Just leave. Figure out. I'm gonna give y'all. Well, this only works for me. I can always say, "Oh man, uh, shit. I think something happened. To my dad. I need to go ahead and slide, man." And mm. uh, I get at you, but it works because they never gonna question anything about my dad. And I'm like, I ain't putting bad energy on him. I ain't saying like <laughs> he was in an accident. And just give you his current state. Hey, <laughs> yeah, no, something happened to him. He went to bed. I don't fucking know, <laughs> nigga. He did something, but I gotta get the fuck on. I don't like spending the night with people till I'm in love. If I spend the night with you and I ain't never told you I love you, then I probably didn't want to be there. I'm going to keep it real. You probably was only there because you came to my crib and I don't like kicking people out no more. Yeah. Um, don't go in my refrigerator and shit. Like, <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'm not. A, Jay say I'm not feeding you hoes. Well, honestly, I don't I don't necessarily care, but I'm not like a go. I'm not a go in the refrigerator type of person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I never feel comfortable going. Like I be in my family member's yeah. house and I just be feeling weird about just yeah. going into people's fridge and shit like that. You know, most people ain't like that, though. Most people knows your shit. They mean your fridge, your cabinet, like all that bullshit. I had this chick ask me, uh, what the fuck did she ask me? I had I had a real bad allergic reaction a few summers ago, and I was itching real bad. So the doctor gave me like a stronger cream than a normal hydrocortisone or whatever uh, for the itching and the redness and shit. This girl gonna ask me why I had that cream in my back. I said, "Ma'am, <laughs> bitch, watch you. Why the fuck are you in my cabinet? <laughs> like, I need you to relax." Uh, but yeah, do's and don'ts. Don't shit at their crib. Don't go in their fridge, especially not Jay fridge, because he be shooting. Um, I think you should probably. Pre- so if if it's a prepared type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. So you just led me to one of my first do's. Verify that it's okay that you spend the night. Yeah. Like, got. Make sure that because with me, I really don't like human beings. So like, if a chick come through and set up like she's staying the night, and I haven't extended that like this nigga said, offer. This nigga said human beings. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm not a fan of the majority of the people on this planet. So all right, so ladies, I'll say this: if you spending the night for the first time, yeah, um, just go to bed. Like, don't do your regular breakdown mm, process mm. of how you like because that like. All right, I'm that's gonna give you many, another that's caveat. Too many chemicals, probably too many. Bond, like yeah, yeah, yeah. tonight, this, it's okay if you put your shit in the ponytail tomorrow. Right? Yeah, you ain't gotta wrap your hair and go through that whole shit if you spend the night for the first time. I'm not mad at that. However, if you staying at my crib, I'm gonna need you to wipe your face down if you're wearing a ton of makeup. Facts, like that shit, yo, ladies, brown sheets. And if shit, you want my fucking white ass or light gray ass pillowcases. With a whole face full of shit, man. Like, I'm sorry. I'm going to need you to reimburse me. So I probably went through your phone while you were asleep, dug into your cash app, and sent myself a smooth $40, $50 for the cleaners and pain and suffering. So uh, what else don't do when you ask somebody crib? Um, I'm going to say this only because of the era we in. And I, hate, I don't want to say this, but if you're dating somebody and you spend the night over there, if y'all have been like kind of freaky, you know, maybe y'all ain't fucked yet, but maybe y'all done made out or some shit like that. I'ma say this to the ladies. Take condoms. Like, don't just let these niggas convince you like to run up in them raw. I know ladies don't always use condoms because y'all are nasty. Um, and y'all be taking advantage of men who are stupid and we don't fucking like condoms, and y'all know that. But take some rubbers yourself, man. Protect yourself. Don't end up having one of these fucking uh, one night stands where you end up pregnant or with the disease or some shit. And I guess like um, you probably need an exit time. Mm. I because like 
spending the night doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna spend the no. entire day. No, together. that following day, yeah. I'm need but you guess to leave. What? Sometimes you do. Sometimes, o- often, like if this the first time, like you done slept over. Yeah, things that happen. Boom. I may not be ready for you to leave, but like you know, this is why I only spend the night with chicks I love. Because yeah. if we wake up the next day, I don't want you to go necessarily. Like if you gotta go, cool. But I don't. I'm not looking at you crazy. Like. Bitch, so, why are you still here? So you know what's was was different. Yeah. I'll say different. So if you don't like you don't really yeah, like yeah, it, it's just some sex shit, right? Yeah. Like, so now that we sleeping, like now mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do? We supposed to spoon. We supposed to like Yeah, like that, I can't cuddle awkward, with you and shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause like now you now I'm gonna get now I'm gonna be giving you the impression that this yeah. is something different than what it actually is. Yeah. Uh, and that's so or, that's why I try to avoid that because I don't want to give you that impression. Or I'm comfortable sleeping like that. That just don't mean nothing. Yeah. So the next morning you be like, We in up. Nah. I was cold. I could and tell I wanted one, something to grab. Yeah. Like so I remember in college I could tell this chick was trying to like Cause she she randomly invited herself to stay at my crib, but we had been drinking, so I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying, put her out in chick. She ain't live near my apartment, so uh, I could tell she kind of was trying to scoot the booty into me, like on the spoon shit. Yeah, yeah. After we fucked, and uh, I didn't want a spoon, so I didn't accept the spoon. So eventually, I was like, all right, she keep like driving her booty into my stomach. <laughs> so I was like. Let me turn around, and I ain't gonna be the big spoon today. Do you know this broad spoon me? She made me the little spoon, nigga. Cause I ain't accept the big spoon roll, bro. Nah, fam. Like, don't, don't ever spoon. Don't. And she fucking like put her leg around me. I was like, ma'am, you are uh, in heat. I'm texting the police right she got now, the little bro. Pink thing out, like, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? She, she opened your leg. She had shit. a big ass clit too. That might have been oh, it's like the little pink thing. It's close <laughs> enough, nigga. But yeah, man, don't uh, turn, don't be. No, don't spoon me if I ain't spoon you. Don't spoon me, period. But if I ain't spoon you, like we not spooning today. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think, man. Um, of if you gonna spend a night, if possible, like if you know in advance that's in your plans, throw at least at bare minimum a little travel size, a mouthwash, some gum, or something in your purse, because that next morning, yo. Like, a lot is determined on whether I want you to stay by if your breath stank when we wake up. And I know it will, but it's like, how long is it going to stink, yo? Like, What I also would like yeah. is uh, if you ask if you can take a shower. Uh, I mean, I want you to take a shower, right? Mm-hmm. But just be like, is yeah. it mine if I... Yeah, yeah, don't just go. jump in my just shit. Go. Yeah, like... And you know what? Bring your own lotion, fam. Like I'm tired. <laughs> no, dog. Because I don't. I don't buy the cheapest lotion at the Target, nigga. I I got some I right, little lotions. Don't just be in my shit globbing, and you come out my bathroom moist as fuck, and then I go look at my lotion. And I ain't got no more left. Now I'm ashy, nigga. I'm my ankle ashy right now because motherfuckers in my lotion. So these kind of we all we just kind of like yeah, we women just, and shit. But yeah. like, what some nigga shit niggas niggas shouldn't do? Uh, nigga shit. Uh, yeah, we gotta look out for the fellas, fellas. If you spending that at a chick crib for the first time again, don't shit at her crib. Um, take your pistol. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because chicks be setting up, nigga. I, I, so listen, hey. first time I spent the night at some chick crib, another nigga showed up. Wow. Banging on the door. Wow. Saying, I know somebody in there, and if you call the police, I'm setting your house on fire. I'm setting your car on fire. Oh, that nigga was an arsonist. This nigga was, and I was in that bitch pissed. you had a hammer on you? No. Oh, was, my God. This is my pre-hammer day. We are now learning when Jay became <laughs> MC Hammer. <laughs> This was the this was this was before CCW where the hammer was just at the oh crib. Oh my goodness! I was in like East Point. Yeah, wasn't even with my car. 
Wow. I couldn't even tell a nigga where I was at. It was, I had to scavenge the crib for a pit. Like, listen, yeah, be protected see. out here because niggas is crazy. That's a fact. Niggas are crazy. And I, women um, are too because this thin ass door, while she yapping off at the yeah. mouth, it was, about, it was about to go down. I was at a chick crib one time. She had a baby and uh, her baby dad came by. Her baby wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I don't know why baby dad came by, but she went outside to talk to him, which I was like, respect. You ain't going to let him in the crib while I'm here. But then when she went outside, I could hear it through the window that she told him she was in there chilling by herself reading. And I'm like, fam, you was just sucking dick like mm-hmm. a minute ago. And I ain't mad at the lie, but I was like, all right, well, clearly... If a motherfucker is telling me I'm chilling by myself yeah. while we're standing outside, yeah. but you're lying. You're lying. And I'm like, fam, I'm literally sitting on your couch. I still have my legs in getting your dick suck position. <laughs> like, <laughs> my knees have not unbent yet. Like, I'm on the couch very much slouched. And uh, I ain't like that I heard that. So when I heard that, I went out and got dressed because I'm like, I don't know what the next move I'd is. I'd have walked outside while she was talking and shit. I'm like, hey, right. uh, you coming back in here to suck the dick or not? <laughs> you going to finish it? Okay. No, I'm going to go get back in position. But uh, yeah, I ain't like that. Um, What else can the fellas do? Like, you probably should, um, let's say you up and she sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably don't want to just go make nothing at the crib. Like, yeah. get out of her fucking fridge and shit like that. <laughs> Um, oh, don't pull that uh, that Darius Love Hall and just go make some eggs. Not everybody can pull it, especially at, not at night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't pull that off. You probably don't want to, like, be in our living room with the TV on, loud and shit, watching sports. And, like, you look like a, that's not not, not the that's not the move on the first time you spend yeah. on um, Hey, fellas, here's probably the biggest advice we'll give y'all. Don't go over there expecting to get pussy. That might not happen for you. Yeah. So get it out. Matter of fact, Nigga. go over there thinking you're not going to get some pussy and let it be a surprise Don't to you. You know bro. how angry you are when you expect it? Like, oh, my goodness. Like you, you having a whole argument in your brain. You can't sleep. How you going to lay there and spoon with her and you ain't getting no pussy and you've been thinking all day? You haven't got some pussy from your actual lady and wanted some? Oh, hell yeah. Nigga, nigga I'm talking about. <laughs> My whole current relationship is not getting the pussy when I want it, nigga. I love it though. Uh, but no, man, I it is frustrating. You know what's more frustrating than not getting the pussy from your lady when you want it? Not getting the pussy from one of your freaks when you go over there. Like, bro, that right there, like the freaky deek. Oh, so we really are just friends? <laughs> like, wait a minute. What you trying? But we're at that age right now where all your freaks is trying to like get a boyfriend and shit so they trying to like you so now it's very hard to have a 30 plus year old freak consistently because at some point she gonna be like what is this and it's like oh shit this is yeah. mr big <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i was singing like, yeah I like i don't ask me shit man but no that's a sad day in the life of a 30 some year old man when your freak Ask like so are we just never gonna date or whatever the fuck because then you gotta let go of a freak man. uh what else for the fellas um don't play with none of her kids shit if she got a kid um try not to be quiet though yeah yeah like you show uh, the phone like y'all not together yeah like, that, like don't yeah don't be in the background with that bullshit making no, like nigga you gotta be quiet she talking to her homegirl and you over there making a spot trying like, to make it no yeah. yeah i'm over here you like hey babe you ain't got no cereal like relax um that's about it man i'm like i said i'm not the spending night expert i don't like spending the night with humans 
it's not my even as a kid though, like when people have sleepovers and shit, I was the nigga on the phone at five years old calling my mom at like two AM, like, yo, you have to come get me now or I'm calling nine one one. Like I'm finna report this whole fucking house, dog. Like <laughs> it, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like people. But if yeah, you spend a night at somebody's house, make sure they want you. I've there. never spent the night. No one ever spent the night in our house besides family. Yeah. Oh yeah, nobody spent the night in my house. Nigga, I ain't like rest in peace, my sister. I ain't like the first time she came to visit. Like, I was like, Oh, you staying here here? I thought you was going back to Ohio today, nigga. Like, I ain't know you was staying, staying. Fuck out of here. Um, I just don't like people, man. So, and I'm not I'm not about sharing my bed and my space and you you just don't know what you're getting, man. Like, what if she a snorer? What if she pee in the bed? Like, whoa. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Whoa, whoa. Like, if you fucking with a drunk chick, like, or y'all went out and got, you know, slizzard or whatever, and then y'all get back, what if she pissed on herself? You don't fucking know. What if she throw up in your bed? Oh, here's the this this is it right here. Oh, shit. This is it right here. You spending a night mm-hmm. at my house mm-hmm. for the first time. Bring your own fucking iPhone charger, fam. Oh, cause not my phone dead. Cause Ooh. your shit on hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, my my shit is the one on the side of the bed is for my phone. Yeah, no, she <laughs> on your she rolled over and moved your shit. Nah, my shit did tomorrow. That so extension of that rule, whether you brought your own charger or not. Don't unplug mine though. Like that, if mine ain't plugged, I might understand why you thought you could plug yours. Understand that I'm going to unplug yours when it's time for mine, but don't ever unplug mine, fam. Two reasons. One, just don't take my shit off charger. Two, when you unplug it, now that bitch lights up and you can see all my activities happening. So yeah. now you know who uh, Cougar is or some yeah, shit yeah, in the phone. You know what I'm saying? So also relax. Just be for both parties. Yeah. Uh, when the other person is moving and like they look like they about to do something with their life the next yeah. morning, like you gotta look like you're doing something with yours too. Yeah, facts. Like if I'm leaving, yeah, you, yeah. you gotta leave too. Man, I uh, I fucked this one chick back when I lived in Atlanta. I couldn't kick her out because I we had both came from the club, so I knew she had been drinking. I didn't want to put her in the car because I'm like, because I was thinking there, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't young no more, so I'm like, what if I kick her out? She get in a car accident. After we just fucked, you know what I'm saying? Like, she drunk and fucked. Like, she could get hurt. So I ain't kick her out. I let her stay tonight. Bro, I couldn't sleep. I had anxiety. I did not go to bed, nigga. I was, like, sitting there looking at the ceiling the whole night. So about 7 a.m., sun come out and shit because it was the middle of the summer. And I'm like, all right, I know she going to wake up. Dip soon. I can have my life back. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I was in prison. My nigga, she woke up at like 1230 Mm-mm. only because her dad called and her phone was sitting right yeah, by I'm, her head. I'm doing all I'm nigga. pots and pans. I'm clean. Bro. Clean. So, oh, let me tell you what I was doing, nigga. I was wilding the fuck out. I flushed the toilet maybe no less than 120 <laughs> times, nigga. Uh, and the fucked up part, my bathroom wasn't in my room. So I was with the door open like a motherfucker. I'm dropping the toilet seat hard. I turned my TV on. I turned the iHome on. You remember the iHome? Yeah. I turned the iHome on, was blasting music. And then I had my dumb ass had bought that bed. You know the bed, uh, the mattress that got the where they dropped the bowling ball and the pins don't yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I had that mattress, so that shit really worked, nigga. I'm the only nigga bought that bitch, and it really worked because I was jumping around in the bed, getting in and out. She ain't fucking move, man. But then her dad called her at twelve, twelve thirty, and she talked to her dad for probably twenty five minutes, bro, from my bed. She never fucking moved. She gets off the phone. And I was like, she did Simone. Woo, nigga. Soon as she got off the phone, I was like, woo. I was fully dressed, by the way, by the time she got off the phone, nigga. I had been in the shower and everything. So 
I'm like, yo, what you about to do? I'm about to go ahead and slide. I got to tutor these kids and shit. And I did have to tutor kids, but it wasn't until like seven that night. Um, it was an after school program. Uh, and then she was like, oh, okay, uh, it's cool. You want to get something to eat first? I was like, yeah, I ain't even got time, man. I got to get straight over to the school. She like, all right, no problem. She was like, uh, just let, let me get my clothes on, whoop, whoop, and I'll be ready. Here they go. So look, she get her clothes on, and she was like, all right, you ready? And I was like, ready for? And she was like, take me home, silly. I'm like, fam, what you mean? I'm like, you want me to take you home, take you home in your car? She was like, oh, I didn't drive. I got dropped off. Bitch, I could have put you in the fucking Uber this whole oh, time, dog. Man. I could have put you in the yellow cab. You been laying in my fucking bed till the middle of the day on There's a Sunday. Bro, I thought I almost called the police and reported a break in, but I was just like, fuck it. I man. was kidnapped. I was. Yeah, fam, I took her home. It was the longest, most quiet 30 minutes. She kept asking, like, did you want to stop and get something to eat real quick? I was like, no, nah, I ain't never been hungry in my life, fam. Like, gone, <laughs> gone. I ain't never ate nothing. I said, no, nah, we fasting right now, bro. Uh, Daniel fast, nigga. So I dropped her off, man. And after that, that's when I was like, I'm never spending the night with a chick again who I don't like, bro. I can't do it. Like, if I'm not into you and I don't want you there that next morning, Unless it's the most dire circumstances, you got to get the fuck on, man. Uh, trying to think. Oh, um, in general, this for both parties. If someone's spending the night at your crib, clean the fuck up. Thanks. And if you haven't had a chance to clean up, if you think like, oh, shit, they might come over and I ain't clean up. Reschedule for another time. If it's the first time they ever was going to spend a night, like, clean your crib, man. I ain't never been softer than seeing a fucking dirty-ass kitchen or a dirty bathroom or walked in your bed and had to question where we was going to fuck. I'm like, oh, you wanted to stand up fuck. Oh, oh, on on top of the Chipotle? Yeah, nigga. Because this bed is absurd, nigga. I said, fam, how much long? I can't tell what the clean laundry is or the dirty laundry. It's all on your bed in three piles. You ain't got no sheets, so I don't know where them at. They might be in the laundry pile, nigga. I don't fucking know. So, yeah, clean up, man. Don't invite me over to your crib. Your shit's nasty. I will roast you on the internet, too. That's the thing <laughs> that I want y'all to be scared of. Like, that I'm nigga. roast you in real life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that, too. Like, but, no, on the spot, though. Yeah, okay, okay. Jay giving them that instant roast. I'm like, like no, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> like, you could have rescheduled. You know this, right? Like, And because I'm a nigga. In, in, in all in good fun. yeah. Because I'm a nigga that Until actually is like kind of clean, clean bathroom and kitchen, man. That's number one. Number two, make sure those is clean. If nothing else, your room, we might could work around. Maybe we could fuck in the living room, fall asleep on the couch. I don't know, nigga, but clean your motherfucking bathroom and your kitchen. That shit is nasty when a nigga comes over there and for the first time. You might as well take a shit with the door open, fam. I'm looking at it all the same. So, yeah, that's it on that. And uh, that was all the extra topics I had. So, fuck it. Let's jump into the shy, man. Huh. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. That was it. That was it. I thought I had another What was the name, name of this episode? Uh, Hold on. I got it right here. This episode was called Past Due. Um, I think, or maybe the fuck it wasn't. I don't know, nigga. Either way, so again, I, my thoughts on this episode up front, 
thought it was good. I just didn't think it moved. The first two episodes I thought were so good, and I felt like they balanced everything appropriately across all characters. This one, I felt, I don't know, it just it seemed to move a little slower to me, but I didn't think it was bad. Like, for the people who saying it was bad. No, this was the best acted episode of The Shy. I think Brandon did his best acting on here by far. Brandon and Kevin together on screen was fucking amazing. Kevin is great. So we we talk about them that group, Kevin, Papa, and Jake all the time. I think the kids are definitely holding the show up um, just with their chemistry and all that. But Kevin is fucking brilliant, dog. Like, I really think he's going to be a strong actor, man. Facts. And I thought the writing in this... I thought the writing this episode was pretty decent because, and I guess when we go through the mm-hmm. breakdown, I'll be able to point something out. Like I understood what the writers was trying to foreshadow and what they say because I'm like, oh, that means something. And then like ten seconds later, yeah, I was confirmed. Oh, that shit do mean something. So let's start right there with uh with with Brandon. All so right. we got Brandon. Um, last time we saw him, food truck was kind of moving he was kind of it was picking up steam but he had also just cooked at a funeral yeah uh for one of his homies junie who got killed uh and he didn't pick back up on that like that's the thing now like he like yo i'm these funerals is kind of making a killing nigga like till i get enough money to get my permits and do all this other shit pay these bills on the truck I need to keep running these funerals. So he uh, he pulls up at the beginning of the episode and tried to set up in front of Sonny's Chicken Shack. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that shit was funny because uh, he pulled up right in front of the fucking restaurant. <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name? What's his dog name? Young boy, Emmett. Yeah. So th- this is why I thought, I thought the writing was cool. Okay. Because like, I think the episode started with Emmett. Telling Sonny like yeah. about his dad, yeah, like, yeah. he been ex- like happy about his dad yeah. and everything like that. And then he's like, "Hey man, somebody out there trying to set up a truck." Yeah, so he go out there and set up a truck, and Brandon out there, he like him. And I thought like, nigga, how you gonna pull up in front of the dead rest- in front of my open restaurant? The rest- like, nigga, go down a little yeah. bit. And Brandon said, "Hey nigga," and Brandon was overly aggressive. I wasn't yeah, used to this. He was. And I'm like, because I'm like, y'all know each other a little bit. He's yeah. like Brandon, right? He was overly aggressive. I didn't understand at first yeah. why, but it made sense a little After, bit later in yeah. I'm like, all right, but I like the writing because it piqued my interest. Like, why he's so aggressive right yeah. now? Like, why he why Because he, he told me, like, yo, man, this particular strip of the block is the only place where I don't need a permit to set up. So I'ma set the fuck up right here. Yeah. And he was like, if niggas want chicken, they're gonna come get chicken. They want a taco, they coming to my truck. I'm not holding y'all business up. And Emmett was like, look, man. Like I'm not like a tough guy no yeah. shit. Like nigga, I'm not about to. I'm not fight trying to you fight you over, over no chicken, bro. And then Brandon was like, "All right, fine, fuck it. It's 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 rain on Brandon day, yeah. whatever, whatever." Yeah. So I'm like, "All right, I think I'm like I can kind of see them. They something's going on." Yeah. So we find out his frustrations are about dog Coogie. getting out. Yeah. And and Coogie in general, his brother getting killed, but more importantly, his brother's killer, uh, being pretty much about to get released, and it ain't much he can do about this shit. Yeah. Um, but right after that scene, Sonny has a stroke. Yes, that was key. So Sonny was in a restaurant. He had a stroke while Emmett was outside talking to Brennan. Uh, Brennan ran back in there. Sonny, he, I, this was actually a really good part of the writing when he asked Sonny to try to smile. Yep. I said, okay, Sonny, try to smile. You've seen that, 
that smirk, like what it did, that was a stroke. We yeah. know what that is, man. Um, like you know, my mom was a uh, mom's a nurse. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he got some intelligence to him. Yeah, Emmett's not a dumb kid, dog. He just moves like his dad. He's immature. Around. He's a child. Yeah, but we're slowly through three episodes seeing him the maturation yeah. of Emmett. Um, so Emmett takes over the restaurant. After Sonny goes to the hospital or whatever, um, I don't think he was, like, supposed to. It was really, like, unexpected. So it was like, all right, somebody got to keep sort of running this shit and act as the leader. And Emmett was the one that stepped up. Wasn't nobody appointed to do this shit. Uh, in the restaurant, operations get fucked up. But more importantly, he starts to realize he don't really know how to do everything. Like, they running out of food. He don't know what the fuck to do. Niggas, that one little scene where the nigga was like chicken only, that shit made me laugh because I'm like, oh, this is like Popeyes and churches back in the day, nigga, that eight mile shit. And he was like, well, who's supposed to do this? He was like, nigga, mm-hmm. you was supposed to. He was like, all right, this is more than just a title. Yeah. Like, I actually have to put in work. I have work, work to do. Yeah. I have to try to figure something out. I have to actually put in work. If I want to one keep this job because I need right. it to pay my for, for my gotta pay this child support now. Yeah, and um, and plus, speaking of that, she came up there. What's Tiffany, mm-hmm. his baby mom? Uh, baby moms came up there. She like, yo, I need some money for whatever their son name is. Uh, he got a dentist appointment. He like, fam, I'll pay my child support for the fucking month. I don't need to. He got three teeth. Fuck y'all doing at the dentist. Like, I don't need. To give you an additional three hundred or whatever the fuck she needed for that you, you wanted you wanted child support, not me. Yeah, because she like, oh, you can't even pay for your. He like, fam, you wanted to go to court. I didn't want to do. I would have whatever the fuck you needed if you didn't want to go to court. So either order some chicken or get the fuck out. Yep, and I, I like that he bossed up on her because that's real. I told you, I just dealt with one of that one of my niggas. His girl put herself in a situation where. Okay, if you want to go to court, cool. But now you're not going to get what you need because the court is going to give me a number that I'm going to be strict about. And that court number is a lot less than whatever number you thought you was going to get. Usually it don't work out like that. A lot of times niggas get hit up. But that's generally niggas who make hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars that get hit up. What y'all be thinking in y'all head Ain't normally realistic. They have a system in the court. They calculate. I, I only make a certain amount of money. I only and I still have to live. The judge ain't gonna put my whole life in jeopardy. He gonna give me a number that I can pay you. Still do what I'm. And guess what? Eh. Let's say I make fifty thousand a year, right? And I got four children, and they all four of my baby moms put me on child support. Mm-hmm. Nigga, all y'all sharing the same amount of money. Yep. All y'all. Yep. When, I, when one goes on, yours goes down. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's that's how it works. You just don't. They don't make up a number and give you. I can't yeah. afford that shit. No. Nah, and they they I I didn't know exactly how it worked till my man started going through it. But they calculate this number based on a lot of different factors. You can't just walk in there and say I need him to pay X amount per month. Like no, fam. This number is gonna be calculated off how much I make, how much you make, how much my expenses, your expenses, everything. It's gonna make sense. They not just going approve whatever you signing off on so tiffany put herself in that position by taking him to court and now he ain't got another 300 for you he gave you 200 for the child support if that ain't getting it then i don't nigga like he told her order some chicken and get the fuck on you know what i, I like this nigga was about to steal some money dog i straight mm. thought he was about to steal some money out of the register dog i, I hope think, he didn't i think last yeah because we don't necessarily know yeah. That that money just came, but maybe he moved forward with the Pakistani hair situation no, he said, he with said the weed. He got the money from his tips. 
He did say that, but I don't trust that. Like tips? I don't trust that. Niggas ain't tipping you for chicken only. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. But I'm like, he had the shoe hustle and the side hustle. Maybe he just didn't want to tell her that I have additional income. Like the hair hustle. Yeah. Or yeah, the hair hustle. Like maybe he ain't want to tell her about it. Uh, but speaking of them, because we can go ahead and knock this out right now, because I need to talk about this. So he went over to Tiffany crib later in the episode and knocked on the door. Boom, boom, boom. She opened the door. She like, what the fuck you want? She came at him because he had came at her at the restaurant. He like, yo, I ain't even here to argue and all that. Here got this 300, man. Like, take it. I got it from my tips. And she like, do you want to come in? So he thinking, like a normal man would in this situation, she's inviting me in to see my son who she hadn't let me see and who the court didn't give me permission to see yet till I prove I pay the child support consistently. So we go in there and she says, oh yeah, my our son is at my mama's house. So you're like, Tiffany, why the fuck you invite me here? Like, why am I here? If he ain't, if our son ain't here, why am I here? So they get to argue and they going back and forth. She get to slapping the nigga in the face. Bro, in this scene, I thought he was finna hit her. I did too. I sat up there and I'm screamed. Like, and like, I said, don't boy, do don't it, put dog. your hands on her, dog. Don't I'm, do it. And my brain, I'm like, like, don't fuck up, dog. Don't yeah, fuck this up. Because he's saying the right shit. He was like, no, you mad because I'm not fucking yeah. you. Yeah. And none of that. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, nigga. Stand What's your up? ground. Stand your ground, but don't hit her. Don't put your hand on her and he fuck her, this whole right. situation up. Boy, next thing I know, they fucking fucking on the goddamn couch. All right. No rubber. <laughs> and that is what I want to talk about. She finna be pregnant again, bro. And it's not going to be his in real life. Woo. Plot because twist. why would you just randomly pick him up, r- randomly go up there and random invite him in and want to fuck raw? Bitch, you already pregnant. She could be. She could be. I could see that. Or I could just see her in general just being such a skis that she might have fucked him that day and fucked another nigga a day later. I don't man. know, nigga. Behind every great man, there is a strong, every strong black man, there is a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. But behind every not so good nigga and ain't no good nigga, it be a dirty ass, trifling ass woman. <sighs> be the root yeah. of the issue. Like, dog, yeah. you fail at this. Women Bro. are your weakness. Women are definitely his weakness. That's how he got subpoenaed. You know motherfucking had a woman bending over a getting woman a coke. is a man's weakness facts you know what i'm saying facts. i'm the yang you the yang like everything i'm lacking yeah you got and i want it yeah so i'm attracted to this or whatever and like that's the weakness most shit is oh <laughs> it's always over a woman i um i hated watching him fuck with her in that scene only because I know she's going to be pregnant. And this is going, even if she ain't pregnant, she got fucking STD. I don't know. But in some way with her energy, the way it's been since we was introduced to her last year, you know it's going to come back and bite him in the ass. I'm like, is this bitch on drugs? Is she retarded? And you know why it's going to bite him in the ass? I feel like his shit about to start going good. You done been low. You was homeless. You got beat up, all that shit. But then you and your dad had a talk. And y'all talked it out. You're getting used to Seeing like a family situation, something that looks a little stable. You and your mom gonna, have sat down. He and gonna talk. try to fix it with her. You got the fucking Pakistani hair hustle coming. I feel like his life is finna start moving forward. Who knows how long Sunny gonna be gone? Now you might really start running the restaurant for real, for real. Shit's about to be going real right for that nigga. And then out of nowhere, she gonna be like, "That's how the devil." I'm pregnant. You, you know what I'm saying? When everything, yep. How when bad everything you going right? How, how bad you want this? Yep. Like I'm a everything that you asking for, 
Like I want this to go right in my life. This is with the show and with just in general. Yeah, yeah. This is going good in my life. This is what I've been asking for. This is what I've been praying for. This is what I want. And at that very moment, yeah, something else that can take you off. And it's like, do you really want this? Because if you do, this little side shit ain't gonna happen. And that's Emmett. For as much as we're seeing him mature so far on this season, he ain't smart, bro. He's still not smart. He's still, like you said, women and pussy is his weakness. He got to learn from the mistakes of himself. Yeah. He he doesn't have the advantage of learning from the mistakes of others right now because he never had that structure in order to do that. And the fucked up part is now with him developing the relationship with his dad, and his dad seemingly being like an okay dude now. Like he ain't the yeah. fuck up he was when he had Emmett. This would have been a great time to not fuck her and go talk to your OG about this shit. Like, like dad, man. Yo, like she I, came at me. Yeah, she invited me in. Did, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me see. Cause my dad got good relationships with his baby mamas. Now what you would have think if she would have did try to do that shit and he was he was like, no, and didn't fuck. Ooh, she do her messy ass. She'd have put something on that nigga. Destroyed the nigga. She'd he tried to rape me up. He yeah. tried to attack me up. She'd, she'd have did that. Or she would have just simply told her fucking brothers. He came over there and did some fuck shit, and they would have went and beat that nigga up again. But in general, man, Emin ain't have not no business fucking her. Why period. do you think with so many boys being raised by single moms, Yeah. why do you think they don't know how to treat a woman? Like, if you raised by a woman who is your primary caregiver, don't you think, like, how does that, how is it never transferred down to, like, how you should treat a person? So I think because my dad was locked up and in Michigan, at least, I only had one uncle. Um, I was raised by a lot of women. I had one uncle, and again, in Michigan, I had three, four aunts. A lot of girl cousins. I had my sister. I was raised around a ton of women. Yeah. Um, and I still have my OGs, my uncles, my granddad, my dad still schooling me from afar. But in general, I think the relationship that your mom has with whoever your dad is or the relationships she's had with men in general will determine how she teaches you to treat a woman. Because yeah. just because a woman's been mis- mistreated doesn't mean she'll teach her son to do the opposite of that. She might pass along that same shit subconsciously mm. by showing him how to be poorly treated. Like the men she's with, if if your mom has shitty relationships with men and the only men you see in and out of your life are shitty niggas because of the relationship she's having you'll probably inherit that at some point because you see the only woman in your life being treated poorly. Wow. You know what that reminds me of is the Lupe song, Bitch Bad. Mm. Because he prod- he cause he kept seeing his mom yeah. refer to herself as a bad as bitch. As a bad bitch. And he confused like what... Bi- he confused or whatever. So like if I see my mom with piece of shit niggas all the time yeah. and that's what she deals with, I might think that this is what you're supposed to do. Because yeah. I love my mom. She's the the it's difficult. Yeah, man. So I, I really do think that um that's how you start getting these young men that turn into shitty niggas. Because or even like in Emmett's case, 
Emmett is Emmett's always been a good hearted dude. You could tell his heart is in the right place, but he moved dumb. Um, especially season one. But what you can see more than anything, his mom still holds some anger toward his dad. Clearly. Clearly. And uh she also kind of not again, maybe it ain't surface, but she subconsciously spikes Emmett, which is why she was so like, yo. And I, I, my issue was with like, you raised this kid. Yeah. If he not doing what you told him to and not being like, this is your fault. Yeah. I get it. It was tough. It's hard as hell. I get it. But like this responsibility don't fall on nobody else. But you. But you, unfortunately. Yeah. Because um, of the situation. Like, so listen, there was something going on. And and it's it's tough for me to say this because I already know how. It is in the city. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you got to work these long hours yeah. and you're not being able to be able to get there. So it's like, I know you upset that he hasn't done the thing that you want him to. Yeah. But you got to realize that there's a reason he hasn't. Yeah. And it's not because he, like he don't, he, you got to train a child up in the way he's supposed to be. Definitely And you not. did not, unfortunately. And I just, I, I again, so and it seems like. it's his father's fault too. It's, oh, it's his father has so, so not, much to do with that. Just because he he got his shit together now, yeah. it doesn't absolve him of the responsibility or, or the lack yeah. what he didn't make up. And his dad said it episode one, like, yo, I thought I was doing my job by paying the child support on time for the last 18 years. Because I didn't years. have a father either. Yeah, cause, so I thought this was it. I thought, yo, if me and her ain't together as long as I pay these bills, nigga, cool. But no, nah, it don't end there, man. And it's funny, too. I literally posted this on my way up here. Shout to Essence, man. Essence Magazine has a dual cover uh, coming out, and it's with Diddy and his family on there. Uh, so they have one cover with him and the girls. So his three daughters, the uh, twins and Chance, and then they have one cover with him and the boys, Quincy and Justin and uh, uh, Christian. And then the spread has their entire family. Diddy's mom is in there and all that. But... Uh, I say salute to Diddy, man, because I don't give a fuck how you feel about Puff. I don't give a fuck what you think about, you know, how shit happened with Cassie or how he didn't marry Kim Porter or didn't marry none of his baby moms. He got four baby mamas um, or three baby mamas. It don't matter. What you can't say about Diddy is that the man don't love for his, love his kids, man. Like, he take care of his family, dog. Like, he really takes care of his family. Like, man, I would... Uh... I would love to um, be a fly on the wall and just hear some of the conversations that he has with some with his sons or daughters yeah. or the game yeah. that's being passed down. Because, dog, like this is to see their dynamic, and it ain't just him and the kids. It's the kids amongst each other. Like they always call each other best friends, and they always like, yo, uh, out of your six children – do 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 th- three of them so half of your kids don't have the same mom <laughs> nigga like that means something bro like no we need to fuck you got uh justin misa hilton brim chance uh i can't think her mama name pumpkin or peaches or something she live in atlanta she called and then uh um the rest of them got kim porter here kim porter has a mom so it's like Y'all didn't even have to be close. Like, this could have been a situation where Did he, he kept people of, apart. He pulled one of my moves. I would want my children. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to stay with me. Yeah. Not because I don't want to pay no money and yeah. shit like that, but, like, I would want my child. I want child. them to have me in their life mm-hmm. 24 hours a day. And with the kids who weren't 
Kim Porter's children, they all had, when she passed, rest in peace, they all had that to say about her. Like, you were my second mom. Like That's not an easy, blending two families <sighs> is a difficult process. He blending three. And still, everybody respects or should respect Diddy's fathering. Because that's important. And we don't focus on that enough. So shout and salute to Essence for highlighting that. Like, And what's so funny is um, y'all focused on the outward appearance and uh, not the actual relationship. Yeah. Why ain't you marry her? No, a marriage, Fam. in my fuck humble opinion, yeah. a marriage is a, is, a, is a business transaction with yeah. the state of whatever state you live in. Yeah. That love, the relationship, the day-to-day living, yeah. the the give and the take, dog, that happens whether I sign a piece of paper or not. Facts. I know y'all be like, Facts. it's more than a piece of paper. No, it's it's really not. It's intangible. Yeah. that The intangible cannot be attached to a piece of paper. And, and that's what you... And did, did him and him and Diddy... I mean, did Diddy and Cassie have some intangible shit that they... Yeah. They, yes. And what I'm going to say, too, about... The whole, like, why you ain't married Kim Porter shit. Um, what if he would have got married and then got divorced later? And that's my thing. Marriage ain't forever. He might not have been ready. And, yo, I'm going to say this right now because we live in that era and we're of that age where a lot of my friends is getting divorced. And that shit fucks me up because I'm like, dog, I was at your wedding or I was in your wedding. You know what I'm saying? Like, if a nigga said, why, why didn't you marry her? Yeah. And marriage typically lasts forever. That'd be yeah. different. Fam, we can do. It's a thing called divorce. Yeah. So me giving you a ring now and doing it whatever. If I have a child with you, yeah. that child is forever. Yeah. I know. I don't think this. I don't think the same way as everybody else. But me personally. Yeah. I didn't did a, a hell of a good job not having children up until this point. Yeah. Because I think that's a, some some special shit that I want to yeah. share with somebody. Right. Yeah. So if I have a child with you. I can't never get unchilded with you. Facts. We can't never. Yeah, ain't no children divorce. Yeah. yeah. Like this is we in a we we are family forever. Yeah. Now whether we want to deal with each other or not, I me personally think that's a bigger connection, commitment, spiritual whatever than me just going. Nigga, I'm ordained. Yeah. I marry people. Yeah. So when you tell me that marriage is this, nigga, your love for person A and person B. Love didn't change when me, Jason Johnson, signed my name on a piece of paper. Yeah, I'm not shit. <laughs> How do, what, what 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 do I got over your marriage? Yeah, I did some shit online, and now I can marry two people. And you be like, y'all, that's what we need. You need a nigga that did some shit online to write something on a piece of paper. Here's here's my thing. Um, I feel like because I agree with you that children are forever, and the reason that I don't have children right now is because. I had not found the woman I wanted to be with forever. forever. Now, granted, I know that children don't guarantee that our marriage lasts. I've seen plenty of my homies right now with kids who aren't yeah. lasting in marriage. So I know that that's not a thing. But I know for me, my personal attestment. Like, I don't want to go down this journey with someone I don't where see I myself. know at the beginning. Because, yeah, I might not get it right in the end. But I don't have to get it wrong at the beginning. Facts. That's just a real, that's real shit. That's a bar. Yeah, that is a bar, man. Shout me out. Uh, follow me, Trinidad Ant, on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but real shit, man. So uh, with Emmett, to, to bring it back to the show, um, I think the biggest fuck up that he's experienced in life or the biggest fucked up thing he's experienced is not seeing 
anything successful work out until right now. In this moment, he's just now seeing his dad and his relationships with the other women in his he, life. He also um, doesn't plan for the future. Yeah. He sees he like spoke to him right, right now. now. Yep. So at that exact moment where he was presented with a situation where Sonny yeah. went down, yep. he jumped in there and he was in that moment. Yeah. When his when his daughter came in, said we closing this shit down. Like, wait a minute, I need this job. Mm-hmm. So in this particular moment, let me address everything right yeah. now. Oh, uh, I'm gonna be the ma- I'll do the manager, and because yeah. you're not really thinking long term, you thinking yeah. like right now. So when you went over there angry and shit, and you got presented with some pussy yeah. for the first time in a couple months, yeah, or wherever forever a couple weeks. Kevin's sister ain't fucking him no more. Yeah. Like so, so yeah. now it's like you thinking in the moment, but you're not thinking long term. Yeah, and hopefully he starts. Thinking long term. Hopefully. I, I just now I feel so this is my my future thinking brain. Uh, cause I'm always trying to think ahead of possibility. Just based on what we discuss on this podcast, I always try to predict what's gonna happen. I'm hoping that her being pregnant is too obvious of a plot. Yeah. Like I don't want that to I don't care if it's a scare. Fuck it. But I don't really want her to I don't like that character. She's so she, she trifling and she's so good at it. And she Shout act, out to that actress. She don't really say words too no. often. And she act like she dumb. Yeah. Like 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 she retarded yeah. or on drugs or some shit like She's something, bro. But shout out to that actress because she's really made me despise her. Yeah. And she really reminds me of a lot of shitty baby mamas that I know. Um and shout out to all my niggas that's raising their kids. Um be a father, yo. Being a father to your kid, especially if you didn't have the example of a good father. It's so difficult, but shout out to all the niggas that's trying to make it happen anyway, man. So let's talk about let's go let's move back to Brandon a little bit. We'll talk right. about Brandon's story. Yeah. So he started off this episode. He, he was, pissed off. He's really angry and yeah. shit. Um Then he goes to his step pops crib or yep. his, well, his, his mom, mama crib. His mom's, yeah. yeah, his mom's house. For the moment. I see a past due thing on there. And then yeah. I'm thinking like, all right, nigga, where the fuck is mom at? Yeah. It's three did she got a contract dispute? So I don't know what happened with Kima, and that's a wire yeah, reference yeah. if y'all don't know. Uh, I don't they, know what the fuck's going on. Because they doing a Martin and, and Pam. They are telling me that she in uh, Delaware and maybe she in she Tennessee. Was, and maybe shit. she was shooting a movie or some shit. She could have been unavailable. And like, and so they just did for them first few episodes. And I like I was looking at the, when I rewatched the episode, it's a angle that they have where you can see a picture of her. So I'm like, they still using her likeness because it's a picture in a frame right there. Like Martin and Gina, all they did was reference Gina. Like, but her face wasn't on shit till that finale or whatever when she started coming back and it was in separate scenes yeah. and shit. But something's going on because that whole oh she just not on here. She in Delaware, like that's not a thing. Like, don't nobody just bust up and go to Delaware from Chicago because they hurt. Yeah. Like one thing we know about inner city living. Motherfuckers could be in the brokest, most downtrodden state they've ever been in. We don't move. We don't leave. You got that's how you end up with Miss Ethel. Been there for a million years and won't move. Yeah. Even when motherfuckers is hitting her with uh eviction notices, like which we gonna get into. But um so Brandon goes over to his mom's crib, his stepdad or mama boyfriend or whatever, he over there, and they sit down and they start talking and uh Mama boyfriend was like, yo, your she mom ain't coming back. back. And nigga, Brandon say, what? Nigga, like, how? What you mean? And when he walked in, he saw the, uh, the, they, they referenced the, 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 the case. Something hadn't been, yeah, yeah, Coming back out. So, um, and, and the stepdad or whatever, he asked him, like, yo, 
you, talk to you. They talk, to, they you talk to you about Coogie. He like, yeah. And so now we're starting to figure out why he been mad yeah. since the beginning of that episode. And then the cop pulls up and he really mad. Like, mm-hmm. Why don't you do your fucking job? And no, no, no. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Now I get yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The white detective, yeah. man. So um, now I get why you having such a such a bad day. Yeah. Uh, but husband nigga, he's like, uh, I ain't moving. Yeah. So he asked, so he was like, your mom ain't coming back. She said she's staying in Delaware. Coogie's death is too much for her. She don't want to come back here. Say she be hearing his voices and shit. She don't want to come back. Um, so Brandon like shit. When you going down there, that nigga say I ain't going down there at all. He was like, I'm. I was okay going to Tennessee when she was there, but I ain't going to fucking Delaware, nigga. Like fuck out of here. So, uh, he was like, I'm gonna stay here, probably clean the place up, finish the little projects I've been working on, and I'm gonna take care of my kids, nigga. Because he got other kids outside that shit, and uh, you get married late in life. It's like hey, I don't give a fuck, nigga. Yeah, man. I I think it's it's strange how the writers are handling that though. Like I I think I just think that's a weak plot. I think that there's something going on with her outside of the plot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they yeah. they writing around and her. And they trying to write because because I, I and can't, that could be true. I can't believe that they just like yeah, this is the route we gonna go. Yeah, I think they probably writing around her. She probably was doing a project or some shit was unavailable for the next for whatever how many. Yeah, that that could definitely be a thing, man. I, I just I don't know. I would love to see her again though, because I did like her. Her and Brandon's dynamic was always unique. Because after Coogie got killed, she came off mean. She came off, you know, she yeah. was very. Even when she interacted with Brandon, you could tell like yeah, she wanna, just lost her baby, bro. I want to know what she, how their relationship was prior to. Yeah, and now I want to see. I want to know how it was prior to, but also want to know. Where it's at now, because now you ain't even talking to him. You done moved to Delaware and ain't tell that nigga. And she said, you probably drinking again and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught that bar. Now, I don't think we never got no indication that she had a drinking problem, did we? Well, when Coogie was gone, yeah, she was drunk a lot. Damn, it's death. like I remember that, but like... Uh, it seemed like she ain't been on the show. Prior, yeah. She ain't really have that many lines either. Maybe that's what's fucking me up, because you remember uh, our first review of episode one when I was talking about them having a new writers and all that new showrunner they said they wanted to focus more on the women uh characters of the show and now that i'm reading i'm thinking back to it she referenced every woman except brandon mm. coogie's moms like mm. she ain't they ain't record or reference her she referenced jada emmett's mom kevin's two mamas and then brandon's girlfriend jerica so yeah maybe she won't be on here man so uh white cop i can't think of his name he you know referenced like look i can't imagine what y'all going through but you think your mom can write an impact statement? Yeah. And he was like, "Like nigga, you see my mom around this motherfucker? Yeah, she no. ain't here, bro." And he like, "Well, listen, maybe you should do it." And uh, he thought of you know that that little scene ended. Yeah. Whatever. Um, that's stressful. You ever have to write an impact statement? Uh, n- no. However, uh, my uncle was murdered mm-hmm. uh, back in like two thousand six, two thousand and seven, mm. and um. Uh, shot right there on Linwood, uh, yeah, a couple of streets down from Tommy Barbershop, mm. uh, right down the street from the house that we grew up in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's on base, and um, it was on the news and shit. My man, some nigga went up there and he shot like two or three different people and shit. Yeah, and um, so we was in court with one of the shooters. Yeah, um, that was there and like he was sitting probably by, you know what I'm saying where you is from yeah. and shit, and um. Another person that got shot, one of his sons was there and like they was they was he was with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They was causing shit in the courtroom and shit. But like as I'm sitting like behind the motherfucker, 
my whole family right here and shit. And I guess his his, his homies, his friends up there trying to look tough and shit. Yeah. I'm sitting right behind him. I'm just thinking like, I'm about to sock the shit out this nigga. Yeah. Like just all this need is just one. one. You know what I'm saying? But uh, my uncles and, and everybody, and you know, I got some pastors and shit. My yeah. family, like they grabbed everybody. They made everybody. They literally locked our arms yeah. together. Like we're going to you know say together and not do no silly shit. They locked yeah. our arms together. And he's the one of them started praying and shit. So. Uh, cool, cooler's heads prevailed, but like, as I was like moving down the little yeah. road, I'm like, oh, I'm about to sock the shit out this nigga. And that's um, when you in court with the the per the defendant. Yeah. When you're um, no matter what the case was, violent any violent crime defendant. When you're in court and you have to face them, or when your family's there and they have to face them. Or when you have to, like uh, Brandon was asked, write an impact statement, it's emotional. You're recapping whatever loss you took. Um, writing that impact statement is such a difficult thing because not only are you recapping it, but you're doing it vividly yeah. and in detail. And you have to go through moment by moment of how you feel. My uncle got up and spoke. His twin, yeah. his twin brother, Ooh. by the way. Yeah. His twin brother got up. He the one that calmed us, but he got up and mm -hmm. spoke. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was tough. Uncles and aunts and mothers, and they be real strong during a lot of these situations, man. My mom is the second youngest of seven and has lost five out of her six siblings. My mom's the one at the funeral making sure everything is right, and she talking to caterers for the repast and all. Like, that's a strength that I just don't know if I have. Until you have to. Until you have to, because, like, when my sister passed— my mom was helping her mom figure out arrangements and we was doing all that. But it's like, dog, if I ain't have my mama like to do that, I wasn't calling her mom to try to help. Not because I ain't want to, because I don't God know that I'm for, that strong, uh, bro. Thank God for my 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 sister cousin Netta. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because when my uh when my mom passed and we got everything together, but yeah. and I was fucked up over it. But like while we was there. The funeral, like my dad was so fucked up over yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah. I had just to be I, there. I remember seeing you hug your pops. Just like, yeah, it was just. Yeah, you know, I, I remember that moment, dog. Like seeing like you really embracing your pot, and I just I couldn't imagine that. Even uh, when we was on here last week, I was talking about my man. Uh, well, one of my niggas had just lost his pops. Um, when I was at the funeral last Monday, and his brother, his older brother, had been really fucked up off it, but my man. I don't know that he hadn't cried. I just, I know him. Like, every time I talked to him, I was with him three straight days. We was talking basketball, playoffs, and how his son doing. Because yeah. he had a son, or has a son, um, that has been in the hospital for months now uh, dealing with cancer. And shout out to him. My man coming home. Shout out to little Sean, 10 years old, man. Mm, strong. Uh, but strong, he coming strong. strong as hell, boy. And uh, his his brother gave him bone marrow, and, and the transplant has held. He has not been nearly as sick as they thought he would be, and he didn't got approval to come home, man. That's little, what's up. Little dog will be home on Monday. But uh, um, when I talked to my dog, he said, bro, I ain't even had time to really, like, Think so about my dad know. passing. He like my son just had a transplant from my other son, like a bone marrow transplant. I don't know what the fuck's going on. This every week. important person in my life, <laughs> yeah, every extension of me, yeah, literally the person I came from yeah. and the per the tube the, that came that from came me, from me, and I have been in danger in a five day span, nigga. Like man, I could have lost everyone. I tell you, man. Like so, growing up, it was 
my mom or my dad. I don't have one brother, yeah, one yeah. biological brother. Yep. My cousin Netta lived with us mm-hmm. for for quite some time, so she liked my sister. But like yeah. in real life, is my is my mom, my dad, me, and my brother, right? Yep. So at the time my mom passed, my brother was in prison. Uh, my mom passed. Yeah. So I look up and like, nigga, it's literally just me and my father. Yeah. And my whole life, I've always had like everybody, everybody. here, yeah. and it feels so. Like when you lose surreal, a man. piece of your family, like yeah. I come for these two different people. When you lose that, like I can't even imagine how. I don't know their they mom's name on the show. Uh, uh shit, Coogie and yeah, Brandon's mom. Brandon's mom. I can't imagine losing a child. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's true. Like it hurt to lose a parent. Yeah, but you prepare yeah. for that, right? Yeah, because you oftentimes. You go, you you know you're gonna bury your by nature. Sons and daughters bury their parents. Parents are not supposed to bury, bury their, their sons child. and daughters. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like, I can't even imagine what she's going through. Yeah, because it probably hurts worse than what I went through. Yeah, because you this came out of you. You know what I'm saying? So like, I can get how she was dealing with the the, the drinking and and, yeah. and fucked up and everything. And it's sometimes so easy to say, "Hey, man, get over this shit." But it's, it's so on on that note, man. Uh, I follow all the dudes from uh, Ducey slash old Henny Palooza. Yeah. And one of them, uh, the dude Cam, I follow him. He He's kind of behind the scenes, like, seem like he be chilling. I'm sure beyond Ducey Palooza, he has a lot of other business ventures as well. Um, good dude, though, man, seemingly. And last weekend, he was posting pictures and videos and Insta stories from him and his girl's baby shower. And I was lit. Like, it looked so fun, dog. Like, family everywhere, friends everywhere. I follow most of the Duce Palooza dudes, so I'm kind of familiar with who these people look yeah. like. So it was just dope to see them all in one group celebrating the birth or upcoming birth of his child. And nigga, literally, like, three days ago, I saw him post that their child was stillborn. Oh. Dog. When I tell you I cried my ass off at the crib, bro, I don't know this man. I don't know his girl. I don't know none of that. Well, let me back that up. I don't know that child was stillborn because it didn't say exactly that. That was my thought. Either way, their child passed at some point, either during or immediately following its birth. They lost uh, their their daughter, Ryan. And, bro, I broke the fuck down because I'm like, this was last Sunday or Saturday where they was posting from the baby shower. Yeah. And I was like, to see the joy in the picture before this post about losing his child, and then to go for that to be the next picture is you and your baby mom or your girlfriend's hands on your child as they've passed. Man, bro, tough, man. I I literally I was crying my ass off at the crib. Now I'm a mad emotional ass thug ass nigga, so it it doesn't take a lot. To break me down, but it has to be something this serious. How about like the, before my mom passed. Yeah. Last time I cried was 2006 when my uncle passed mm-hmm, when he got mm-hmm. murdered. I don't cry. Yeah. But since my mom passed, yeah, that shit been open to fuck up, bro. Like it unlocked the key. Yeah. Where it's like this raw emotion, not everything yeah. that like I don't know what it is, but like it, it's been unlocked. I can't. And now it's like, it's just on. I can't pinpoint when that happened for me or like what event specifically, but I know that probably about four or five years ago, I something in me unlocked similarly where it was like, 
I went from I don't care about shit, nothing bothers me, I'm not moved, yeah. to like, dog, I legit be emotional everything. about some shit. Like, everything, nigga, everything bothers me 10 times as much as it ever has, man. And uh, shout to Cam and, and his uh, girl, man, and salute to them, prayers to them. But to our point about losing a child, this ain't supposed to happen. Yeah. You aren't supposed to bury a child. You aren't supposed to go through that. Or so, your little brother. Yeah, or your little brother. So now, because to your point where you was like when your mom passed and your brother was still locked up, it went from in an instant I had everybody who I've always had to now it's just me and my dad. For Brandon, he now, he don't have nobody. He don't have nobody. He don't have nobody. Him and his mom's husband or whatever, they not close. Like Brandon, hey. it's like... Not to bring this up, that's like Black Sam, yeah, losing Nip. Yep, like that's my little brother. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be the protector of him, yeah. And somebody took him away from me. Yep. And so he fucked up over the shit. Cause yeah. like, dog, you know. And salute to Black Sam too, man. I uh, I was having a conversation, just as we've all had Nip related conversations over the last few weeks. Um, but the one I had the other night kind of really struck a chord with me. I'm like, dog. Now it's on him to keep all this alive, everything going. He don't necessarily have to start new ventures, but he was behind a lot of this shit. Behind so much of it, but now it's like, dog, to have your your brother who was the inspiration behind so many of this, uh, so many of these things to be gone, and to now have to pick up that weight. It's possible as fuck, and I think he's going to do a phenomenal job at it. But it's just like, damn, that takes a lot of strength, dog. Because yeah. for all the business that you and Nip had, now you got to keep that business going, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's because Nip would have done the same and would have wanted you to do the same. Yeah. So it's just it's wild, man. But uh, yeah. So Brandon lost everything. But what I loved about this episode, probably more than anything else, was when we saw him and Kevin, like we alluded to earlier. So. Kevin's about to become that little brother that Brandon lost. I love that. I, I love that they're setting that up, man. And and the dynamic that they've had, we ain't see a lot of it season one, but you could see like they was cool. Uh, Kevin looked to Brandon kind of as a protector um, mm-hmm. when he was scared of uh, what's dog in jail, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. Um, and Brandon took care of the gun for him. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was. It was there, but we didn't see a lot of it. Brandon was ready to catch a case for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have told on him. At all. You know what I'm saying? At all. I took the gun. Yeah. Shit, I, I lost my girl because of taking that gun. Yeah. I literally lost my girl and didn't even explain to her what happened. I ain't say a fucking word. Yeah. So their dynamic has always been there, but we ain't see a ton of it. But now I, I, I'm hoping that we see more because what we had this episode was dope. Kevin been going through... Um, a lot, yeah, because you know, he got PTSD, man. Like Kevin been going through a lot. Um, so let's talk about Kevin, and we'll lead back up to how he met. With got Brandon. you, got you. So at the beginning of that, one of the, towards the beginning of the episode, him and uh, what's 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 Maisha? Uh, uh-uh. what's the uh, Papa? Papa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Papa. I I like Papa character. Papa's dope, dog. Papa dope. I like his Papa character. He seemed like he reading all his words though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that's just how he talks in normal. <laughs> but he sounds like he's reading all his words. Uh, but I still like his character. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the top five dead or alive characters yeah, on the show. He's dope or whatever. Yeah. But they were singing, I mean, they were selling. Um, oh, the candy bars. Candy bars yep, and shit. Yep. This episode, I was like, Kevin is, what's, what's dude name in Fresh? Uh, shit, Fresh. Um, 
Michael, it? I can't think. Yeah, they called him Fresh through the movie. But oh, I thought I said, what, what was his name on the movie and shit? Though? No, it was Fresh. Oh, okay. And yeah, they called him that. Um, I'm like, Kevin is a little fresh out here. Yeah. Because he broke he down that. Smart, he was like, man. hold on. The TV they giving away is such is two hundred and seventy seven dollars. This is this this number times this number plus this number this number like fam. You yeah. about to make four hundred dollars just to get a two hundred and twenty dollar TV. But he broke the numbers yeah. down so quick. I'm thinking like, wait a Yo, minute. Yeah, that math was crazy, wasn't it? And and they just moved on. Yeah. And they started talking whatever. And then the the teacher brought it back in like, hey. And since you clearly know the math, facts. I need this. I'm like, okay, bet. I saw. I see what y'all are trying to do. Yep. Because I thought it instantly, like, oh, this nigga smart. Yeah. I never thought that he was dumb, but they never highlighted it before. That he's like, yo, he's gifted. Like he's a smart kid. But you know what? So I don't know if you caught on the after the first episode when they did this season on the shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the scenes they showed was, I think that same teacher in this scene saying to Kevin's moms, he might need to look into like a gifted school, like a school for the gifted. Like yeah. I don't think this I do is, remember that. Yeah, it was something like that. So I they had alluded to it in that preview, because but in general we never got that. First season, wasn't he like singing and dancing and shit? Yeah, like, yeah. He, he start, had joined the play, like, but he was trying to get sing. that girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So boom. All right, cool. So him and uh Papa, Papa yeah. talking about the the shit and Papa mentioned like, hey, I'm on a Daniel fast. I'm on a fast. He's like, hold on. <laughs> So you mean, oh, he was like, the fast ended today. Yeah. yeah. So he, instantly, my mind went into motion again. Yep. I advised me a play so we can go ahead and sell the shit. I'm like, oh, this boy is smart. He thinking, he thinking. Man. He thinking. He also going through um, wanting to be able to help out with Coogie's killer. Yep. And so he's like, listen, I'm down to testify. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he went down there. And old lady, old girl paid. Oh, the fucking, uh, what they call her? The wolf? Or the, the, the escape artist. Escape artist. So the wolf, I'm thinking about fucking Quentin Tarantino and shit. But uh, so we don't see her initially. Like him and his moms walk into the court um, or to the courthouse rather. And they, they walk in toward the courtroom and then they get stopped by a dude who claims he's a intern and he's supposed to and he basically Social services yeah i thought that shit was shady and he basically schools them and tells them it's dangerous for kevin to testify and he they don't say or show exactly what he says but you can imagine he tells them yo most people who testified in murder cases get killed or some at yeah. some high percentage if like, you from the 63rd street niggas but this some yeah. old ass drunk nigga so you know i i talk about this a lot when i'm watching the shy um, like if I watch with my girl or if I watch with my mom or if me and my mom's talking about it, uh, the ironic part about this whole murder with Coogie and the way that it sort of ricocheted into, uh, all these other people's lives is that we're literally talking about somebody, Ronnie, who's not a killer. That ain't him. But because you grew up where you grew up and because y'all live where y'all live and because of what normally happens in these sort of murders, everybody is thinking about consequences that are not going to happen. Everybody's scared of a nigga who literally is not going to kill another soul more than likely. Like, there's a great chance. He didn't even want to kill the nigga he killed. He thought it was the right move to bust because he Ronnie ain't smart himself. Ronnie is a he's off. He's he all, he's actual, suffering from PTSD. He's actual P- yeah. well, all of it. Actual, yeah, yeah. But, like, but no, he has PTSD too. He's not thinking correctly, and uh, so it was a few things. We're gonna get into Ronnie because um, it was a few things I want to point out. But that's one thing I've noticed consistently throughout the show. Like motherfuckers are scared of this nigga. 
not knowing that they actually have zero reason to be, bro. Um, Brandon, I mean, Kevin is also very observant. You know, mm-hmm. he found a bike at his crib. He wouldn't take it back to old girl. But yeah, like, he had gave it to her season one. Yeah. So he get over there, and she like, uh, yeah, my mom made me give it back or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, first thing he asked her, why you ain't been in school? Yeah. She ain't been... I don't I don't remember how many days they said she missed, but she ain't been in school in a few days. She has other siblings and she's taking care of yeah. them while her mom apparently goes to work. Yeah. Um and we found that out. She was like, so look, bring my uh, Bring me my homework. He like, nigga, I'm not bringing that shit. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm tell on you if you don't. So yeah. next day, he bringing the homework and he she he come in and he see like, oh, you the mama. Yeah, she in there baking cupcakes. She fucking feeding one kid and the other kid nap time. Like, she really, dog, these is kids, bro. But a lot of us really do grow up like that, yeah. man. Where, like, motherfuckers is like, yo, my little brother and my little sister was my first child. Yeah. In a lot of instances, that's for real. Like, you got babies taking care of babies, man. And So, while he leaving there on a bike, he uh see a truck. He say, Coogie? Yeah. Coogie's taco truck. Then he was like, Brandon. Yeah. And there was like joy on his face. Yep. I, I'm like, yeah. And he he, he chased, he chased him, down. him down on the bike. Brandon saw him in the rear view, stopped the truck, told that nigga, throw the bike in here and come he on. Like, bro. man, I ain't, what's up, man? I ain't hey. seen you in a long time. Blah, blah, blah. They catch up. And then, you know, they talk about like, um, I the went down there. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, I tried to talk. I, t- I tried to. This is my third time going down yeah. there. I've and been trying to help. To like Brandon. I wish. Like, yeah. Like and I'm man, trying like, to help, bro. Like man, I, I you did enough. Yeah. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like shit. Being yeah. willing to testify in the hood is more than ninety no. percent of these niggas. This will. is where the best. I watched this. I watched this shit like three times. Like yeah. this is the best part of the season. Well, the best part of the acting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because Kevin and Brent. And first off. They keep crazy, man. Is a great fucking actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an excellent actor. I don't Fuck know if you got a chance e, to uh watch that that one clip out, that video of the yeah, interview. Yeah. Like he's a great fucking actor and like he's super talented. And for him and young Kev to share the screen together, yeah. and I don't know who had a better performance. Yeah. I'm like, dog, this shit was great, man. Because you couldn't tell me that that wasn't like an actual conversation. Yeah. Like if I if if, if I think this situation actually happened, between these two, like that's how it would it would it would it would play out. Yeah. And when he wrote read them the the impact statement and how do it feel to be a big brother and yeah. stuff like come on man. And then they went out there play football together like dog. That's that's writing. what I really thought was dope. Like, that that's that's good writing and excellent acting. So for the two of them, it's finna be dope because like we already said, Brandon. If they develop their relationship, like I'm hoping they do, Brandon gets to have at least some kind of little brother responsibilities again. And then for Kevin to be surrounded by women in his life and have not, yeah, he got his boys. He got Papa and Jake. Papa clearly do his own thing. Papa at church. It sound like all the time. Praise the hands. Yeah. <laughs> Jake is in these streets yeah. and, and growing up to be like his brother. He need a positive male. He need a positive male role model. And he needs an, elder male and right now brandon is the elder in his life and um and he's a he's an entrepreneur he's a businessman he's a businessman brandon's smart too but he has moments where he needs kevin's like you know how sometimes they say like for for children your ignorance is bliss yeah they don't know a lot and what they don't know 
saves him a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of shit. And I feel like the the possibilities in a child's mind are, are endless. And I feel like Brandon needs that sort of because like when he talked to he ain't got his mama to talk to. His mama boyfriend don't really give a fuck what he's doing. He talked to Jerrica and she's steady telling him what he can't do and what he should be doing and what but I feel like with Kevin, like he really gonna get a lot of inspiration from that. Kevin get the both the is the best of both worlds because yeah. I'm, I'm book smart and I'm street smart. Yep. Ex- and, extremely. And Brandon is like, look, um, I know how to be a human being. Yeah. I know about care, compassion, I know how yep. things should be how things should be done. I don't know how they're supposed to be said. In this, yeah, in this quote unquote political world or, or yeah. corporate world, I'm just gonna do these things. My man need help at the at the fucking the oh, dinner. Yeah, my girl's I'm about barbecue. to help him yeah. because I'm a good friend. He need help. I don't play all these rules. So like, listen, he asked me to write something. I don't be be writing and shit like this. Yeah. Tell me how it sound. Yep. And yeah. Kevin gave him some feedback, and I Brandon wrote it straight heartfelt. It's an impact statement. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be heartfelt. It ain't supposed to be robotic. Uh, he wrote it. I couldn't help but think about Nipsey the whole time. Yeah. It was fucked up, though, because he wrote it. He went through the the emotions of writing it and recapping what happened to Kogi, and it didn't help. It didn't help. It didn't do shit for him. The only thing I could imagine that you get from the impact statement from writing that, it might be therapeutic. One, they dropped the shit. First off, this is the most retarded shit I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. Like, how do a nigga... Walk into somewhere and confess on tape. I didn't see niggas. Nigga, you can indict a ham sandwich. Is a is a growing thing. How the yeah. fuck can this go to trial and not win? Uh, sadly, I get, a, I get all that. If they was white, oh yeah. If well, it's, if, I mean, like if the, the defendant was white, yeah, and I can see all that shit. You send a nigga up on that motherfucking stage and say you killed this star basketball. You killed yeah. this kid. You killed this motherfucking kid and they show the motherfucking videotape of you going in there and doing it. No, you're going to fucking jail, dog. So the fucked up part is the logical mind would think that. Us, we think that. We're logical motherfuckers. I look at, yo, you came in a station, you admitted to a crime, you confessed it on tape. I would think 12 jurors would sit there and watch that tape and look at all the evidence and say, okay, he did it. Let's send him to jail. But what I know about juries more than anything there is always one when you say benefit of the doubt there's going to be one that says he was drunk during that confession his liquor or alcohol content was double the uh legal amount maybe he don't know what the fuck he was saying but you i didn't pick you up off the street and bring you in Mm -hmm. you maybe he ain't know what he was doing you walked in here and gave me specific details that the person the only the killer would know. Yep. You did that shit. But that one juror and that I, says maybe he ain't know what is I don't like, fuck this up. I don't like this part of the show. Yeah. Cause it it boogeyman's us to death. Mm. Oh, we ain't gonna never win because they are always I'm not with that shit. Yeah. It's niggas in prison. Prisons is full of niggas. Mm-hmm. Actual niggas mm-hmm. who get convicted for less. I know if that shit went to trial, he getting convicted, dog. He might but we they put this shit on television, so now we not even gonna fucking try. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, you just spooked the one of the witnesses off. Try to make like, dog. I don't. I just don't believe well, in real life because I didn't sat on juries. I didn't sat in, um, in panels and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. fam, this nigga's going to jail. You on fucking tape, a child. Yeah, I, I just don't think he'll walk free, dog. It's now the the only thing 
the they dropped the case. Writing wise, here's where I think it kind of slipped just a smidge. So when it was initially presented that he asked for the escape artist to be his attorney and he helped that do a wolf out and all that shit, it was not to get the case dropped. It was, yo, I want to rescind my fucking guilty plea so I can get bail. Because when you walk in and you confess to a crime and you, you're not getting bail, nigga. You came in and you said you did the shit and you said it on tape. So you ain't getting the bail option. And but, you allocated to the shit. So yeah. I get it. So listen, you go in there and you say you was drunk out of yeah. your mind, blah, blah, blah. The next morning yeah. when we come in front of the judge and we ask you, hey, are you saying this under your own free will? Yeah. And I was like, you're not drunk no more. Yeah, yeah. You're not drunk no more. If you say no, I'm not guilty. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Then you got an argument about let's get this shit out. No. After you were sober. Yeah. The next day in front of the court, make say it out loud. They make you say it out loud. You can't just say, yeah. no, they make you say, what did you do? Yeah. I da, 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 da. Like they make you do that. But where, where dog was not dotting his I's and crossing his T's, the police officer, the white guy, um, when you get that confession on tape one, you're you literally took his blood alcohol content like you're if it wasn't you the detective somebody on the force did it so you were there you seen it like he came in and asked for you you know what happened he was supposed to look at them results the next day he was supposed to re-get that confession after the blood alcohol content like he was supposed to do that so he fucked that up on some police shit you know what else what what what, what else strikes me as i was well, that the lady was like and the witness also shot the nigga in the stomach. Yeah. He not in jail. So. Think about it. He not in jail. What fucked me up right there when they said that, it struck me as odd that the other attorney didn't, the uh, state prosecutor or whoever they have running that shit, didn't argue her point and say, well, that was in self-defense. Because your client attacked my uh, my client. Like yeah. this, this helps me prove that yeah. yes, you came after me because yeah. I saw you kill the other one. He shot him in the stomach and then came after him because he saw him commit a crime and was intimidating the witness. And this nigga shot him in self defense. Because so that pissed me off. And you have to know that information, though. Yeah. Because if not, then I would be in jail for shooting a, a random nigga in the stomach. Yeah. I had to tell you, no, we. He yeah. shot the other nigga, and that's how it happened. And yeah. then you came in and said, yes, this is what happened. But you know what shows do? Power does this a lot, and I don't like it. Um, power in a lot of shows, drama specifically, they insult your intelligence as a viewer. And they assume that because they say it, that you're going to go with it. And that in your mind, you're not going to say, oh, well, that. And but what, what about that? But what ends up happening is. Yeah. You watch this on television so many times, you think this is how it really goes. So when the actual crime or something happens in real life, y'all niggas be so defeated because the big bad white man and and the big bad they is going to win mm -hmm. that y'all don't even put you don't put up a try. Yeah, they, you know they not gonna let us do it. So let me let me not do no. Yeah, go through with it. It Take was definitely. What I will say is, the police officer not getting that confession again. Um, with a normal blood alcohol content level, he fucked that up. He fucked that up big time. Um, Because then you do put it in the hands of a judge or a jury who might just sit up there and say, you know what, this ain't a strong case no more. Because the judge said that, too, when they went to meet with him. He was like, oh, I thought this was going to be open and shut. And then 
you made it not open and shut no more. Um, I mean, when a nigga walk in and confess to a fucking murder, it shit is open and shut. It should be. Um, but shit, niggas On have gotten tape. off. Niggas have gotten off. So if y'all ain't caught it, Ronnie gets out. Um, he he gets out of jail, and when he gets released from county. He goes back into his whole point of trying to get out of jail was to go see his grandma. He's wanted to check on his grandma if she got beat up. Um, who we see in this episode, by the way. So his grandma's still in the hospital recovering. Uh, and we get the. Why the fuck is Ronnie calling Brandon? So that's what's funny. So before uh, Ronnie got out, he asked his attorney, the escape artist, to do something for him. We don't know what that is. Um, until she comes to see him and then she slid him a little piece of paper and had a phone number on there. We don't know whose number this is. I thought that it was like his grandma's hospital room number or some shit. That was my immediate thought. Or maybe uh, Jada, who had been taking care of his grandmother while he was locked up. So I didn't really know who number it was. We don't find it out till later in the episode that it was Brandon. Um, so going back to my point about Ronnie not being the danger that everybody thinks he is and not being the hood killer, cold murderer. Ronnie going to kill Ronnie. I'm, somebody's going to kill Ronnie. I don't doubt that Ronnie might kill himself. And this is kind of what leads me there. We find out that he asked for Brandon's number. He tries call Brand, calling Brandon from the jail. Um, but when Brandon picks up, Ronnie can't speak. He's stuck. He don't know what to say. Like he ain't even say his name when they told him, speak your name. Nigga just sat there quiet. Ronnie is being haunted by killing Kobe. He's being haunted by getting out of prison. Like, he don't want none of this shit in real life. He didn't want to be locked up because he found out his grandma got beat up. But before that, Ronnie wasn't trying to get out of prison. He was cool. He been cool with this whole shit because he knows Ronnie, I did some dumb shit. Ronnie, in, in the grand scheme of things, is a lazy-ass piece of shit, dog. So we get flashbacks throughout the episode of Ronnie and Tracy. Uh, Tracy was Jason's mama. Jason was the young man that got killed. He was a drunk. He, or is a drunk. He suffers from PTSD from the war. And like you said, he's lazy. Um, So something I talked about during this episode, and it kind of fucks me up. So you know how when you go to jail, you go to prison, and when you're released... You're supposed to be, in theory, rehabilitated and ready to re-enter society. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know as two black men who have dealt with plenty of people, uh, family and friends in prison, that's not what they're doing. They're not preparing you for shit. You're not coming out of prison necessarily ready to re-enter society. But what I really thought was fucked up about America, and I saw it so fucking prevalent in the scene, when people come home from the war... The army ain't helping anybody. The military in jail ain't going to put that on one branch. The military's not helping these niggas that go over here and fight for us, man. It's no reason that Ronnie should have come home from his... He served two terms. It's no reason he should have come home and the fucking military didn't say, all right, we got some interviews for you here, 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 and here, wherever the fuck here is. Go on these interviews. We trying to set you up with a job. We putting you, you ain't got to apply. We putting you directly in front of these people. They supposed to do that for niggas. Fam, you know um, Andrew Yang. Yes. Freedom, dividend, all that shit. If you serve in the active military, 
and you go through tours. Yeah. Fam, when you get home, you got to check. Yeah. Every month. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. Or at least for the next 10 years. Next amount of years. Yeah. Next 10 years after your service is complete. Yeah. Hey, look, here go $1,500 a month. Here go yeah. something yeah. that can help you supplement whatever. Your, yeah. your, your health care is free for the rest of your life because you pay for it with your life. You risk yeah. your life for it. And these is this is here go three grand a month. Yeah, here three grand a yeah. month. Now they ain't they, they don't, you ain't about to be rich, but here yeah. go three grand a month. And you then went through two tours, fam. Yeah, maybe it should be the more tours you get, the longer your money goes. Yeah, you know or what I'm the saying? more money. But fuck, give me a job, bro. Give me a job because when I come home and I apply to be a fucking police officer, and the first thing they ask me when I go to take my test is. Oh, will that injury you suffered, uh, will that impact your ability to be a Chicago police officer? Bitch, I just served in the fucking military twice. Whatever injury I had was good enough to serve in the war, bro. Nigga, I can be any kind of cop. Yeah. I ain't got to be the beat cop. I shouldn't be here to beg you. I can work for the police department without being a police officer. I just fought overseas. I shouldn't be fighting with you to get this job. Nigga, I can work in the evidence room. Nigga, I can work in anything. Yeah. And what are y'all testing me on that I can't pass, but I was good enough to fight for the country, but now I can't serve my community. If you come home from the war or you come home from the army, you should be given a state job. Yes. You should be guaranteed a state job. Yes. Now, I can't make you like you ain't about the, the government not about to come in here and say hire this nigga in the studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fam, I don't got nothing shit. I don't yeah, got no. shit to do with that. But for a state job, yeah. the, the government should place you in a state job. Yep. No, I 100% agree with that. And that's what I noticed as we were getting these flashbacks. Um, him and Tracy, so they show him and Jason, he making pancakes or waffles for young Jason. And then um, Tracy comes in, and this is back when they first, you know, started kicking it or whatever. And she asked him, like, hey, what happened with that job at the post office? Oh, you know, I'm not. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to apply. I said I was gonna apply to that, and uh, <laughs> they didn't call me back. Yeah, I'm, no, I got the application over there. Nigga don't want to work, man. He Nigga don't want to work. Drink. He lazy. He fucked up. He a drunk. Something else the military should be doing for you. Put it like this: before I say what they should be doing, if you're a police officer, if you work in law enforcement, Sign and up. you dr- what up? I don't think that uh, niggas should come home from the war and be police officers. By the way. So, to that point, I think you should be evaluated before that's an option. Not have to take a written exam. No, I think you should be psychologically evaluated. Because you niggas, is, y'all could be very Because you could be fucked up and you, know you could be shooting anything. No, I don't want but to my point, when you work in law enforcement, if you draw and fire your weapon, you have to. This is a requirement across the board all over the country. If you draw and fire your weapon... You cannot return to work until it's approved, and that approval has to come from the psychiatrist that works for the department. You have to go see a shrink if you have fired your weapon, period. If you come home from the military and they do not set you up with the psychiatrist, fam, like I, that should be a part of that. Like my return home, my re-entry into normal fucking society. Well, not even that. Because they probably do, but once you've you've met with a psychiatrist, they say something wrong with you. Just don't send me home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, cause cause I'm sure they do sit with somebody, and now I got it notated yeah. that oh yeah, he is manic depressive. He did yeah. his now what? Don't just fucking discharge me. Yo. Send a nigga to the VA hospital. Let them deal with it. Don't discharge me and send me back into this world. If I am a drunk PTSD my, suffering ass nigga, one of my exes worked down at the VA hospital, and he okay. deal with these people all the time. And yep. they, they they get out. The government like, all right, y'all niggas deal with them niggas. Yeah, they come back and they get their little check, and. It's just that we we send. They're not respecting the troops. Y'all not respecting the flag. We send prisoners. We send uh, military veterans. We send them home as if they didn't just see some traumatic shit in their experiences. So uh, every flashback we get with Ronnie and Tracy gets a little more volatile between the two of them because she's starting to get pissed off. She like, nigga, I'm a young motherfucking Fine little thick thing in the hood. I ain't got to sit here with your broke ass. She like, why don't you? All right, you ain't you applying keep, for the job. You keep saying all this shit you're going to do. I don't never and you see ain't that doing shit. it. She like, you ain't applying for jobs. You're not helping with the rent. You ain't found us a better place to stay. Like, what the fuck is you doing, nigga? nigga you just living in the other room right now. Yeah. And you, you grabbing my fucking son like you're crazy. So we see Jason outside playing. He dribbling the ball. A little fat bully ass kid walks up to him and smacks his ball out of his hand. You know, a little hood shit. And his ball goes over into somebody else's yard. Jason runs over there, gets his ball out the yard, and the neighbor goes ham. He like, what? The, I told you keep your ball on that side of the street. Boom, 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 boom. What role you think that neighbor going to play? Because he's a real actor. Yeah. Like, that's um, a nigga that be in everything. Yeah. That seemed like a very small role for that for, for him. So I think he got to be in other scenes. Because, like, I would imagine, I would hope he's a strong actor, too, so... I would hope, but that neighbor, every hood has that neighbor, that crabby ass, don't step on my lawn neighbor. Uh, when I lived off Curtis and Sorrento, ours was Cliff. Don't step on Cliff Grass. I remember stepping on Cliff Grass and my motherfucking stomach went in knots because that nigga was looking from the roof when you stepped on his grass, nigga. So uh, he yelled at Jason. Jason's like, stop yelling at me. And so Jason's kind of screaming with the neighbor. And Ronnie runs over there to protect Jason. And he goes off on a neighbor and he like, hey, don't fucking yell at my my son. He specifically said that. Don't yell at my son and da-da-da. Ronnie ain't Jason daddy. Let's throw that out there again as a reminder. You know this nigga too much. He like, don't yell at my son. God damn it. I'm going to apply for the post office when you stop yelling at my <laughs> and son. And then he start grabbing OJ like, yeah. hey, didn't I tell you don't drop the ball? Yeah. Like, nigga, shut the fuck up. You don't even know daddy? what happened. You don't even know what happened. One, like I didn't drop the ball. I didn't throw the ball over here because he like didn't I tell you stay on our side of the street. That nigga Jason like fam, did you're I, not my daddy and don't call me your son, nigga. Didn't I tell you the son don't come out? Like shut yeah, up, nigga. Like just get your old whispery ass on. So after that, Jason went home, told his mama, nigga was grabbing up on me. So Tracy went to fuck off. She like yo, nigga, you can't get no job. Uh, it don't sound like he fucking her. Um. You ain't got no money. You ain't helped us move. And you grabbing my well, son? Did. She did kiss the nigga and shit. Well, they had kissed, but... Like, when them... Because at first I was like, oh, these niggas just... Are y'all just friends? And, but, yeah. And that was like the goodbye. I'm like, okay, yeah. man. And she said, I love you, but I just... I can't do this. And I'm like, eh, do you really love that nigga? No. Um, so, I think... And we're going to see her next week, by the way. I think we keep flashbacking to, to Jason because somehow he thinks of Coogie... And well, Coogie and Jason are connected. They're because same, you thought that yeah. he killed Jason, yep, and you probably he had was taking a shame. Uh, 
you were such a failed stepdad to Jason. Yeah. And you wanted that connection and shit, and you end up fucking up shit even more. So the reason, back to your question, uh, why did he call Brandon? He probably would apologize. I know that that's what he wants to do. I th- like, he literally legit feels bad that they're letting him out. Like he wanted to serve, he Brandon, know he committed a crime. Bro. He gonna get ki- Brandon gonna kill that nigga one day, dog. And like, cause I'm like a I'm tough guy, but like, fam, yeah. why do you keep coming around me? So stay the fuck away from me. Here's here's what I think might happen, cause I could see Brandon killing him, but kind of the less obvious, I think Kevin might kill him. Like, cause that, cause Kevin's scared of him, cause he does ch- he does chase Kevin again. Uh, yep, on the, we the, saw that in the preview. Um. And Kevin could Kevin's so scared. Here's the thing. Kevin's scared of him. Brandon hates him. But all these people think like they don't know that you're apologetic. If you called Brandon and didn't even explain yourself. You just sat in silence on the phone. So Brandon got the gun. Yeah. If somehow that gun ends up in Kevin's hands, Kevin's yeah. killing him. Kevin's going to kill him. But you know what would be fucked up? Kevin might kill that nigga. And it's going to end up on Brandon. That could happen. Yeah. Y'all getting some hot takes. Y'all getting some predictions yeah. on the show, man. Kevin might kill him, and everybody's going. Reggie included is going to say, "Oh, that was Brandon gun." Yeah. Everybody in the hood going to say that was his gun. Speaking of Reggie and uh, the sixty third Street mob, so Detective Toussaint, the new uh, woman detective on the block that's investigating uh, Ethel's beating, she going around the hood. She looking as obvious as fuck that she's a cop she's Man, literally yeah. walking up to people with her badge up front with a lineup of fam all the killers in the neighborhood fam and she so she walking around uh she went and talked to the white cop and she's like yo who's the 63rd street mob in this neighborhood like and so he gave them everybody he gave her the whole little list it's like nine of them on the paper he printed it off for her he like she's like who the who's in charge yeah oh yeah so that's what they did like i look at this nigga this nigga not no leader yeah she talking about reggie (laughs) she like yeah reggie look young he don't look like no and she and so the white cop told her hey the nigga that was in charge got killed the nigga that was in charge ahead of him q the old man from last season tracy uh baby daddy he got killed too so Reggie just fell into the fucking leadership role. So Toussaint was like, all right, well, if Reggie got took down, who's up next? And the white cop was like, hey, here go everybody. So look, this was going on. This is what I this is my yeah. personal thing. Um the head boss nigga. Yeah, the the new smooth rich nigga. Yeah. Yeah. I think he got some um real estate investments and he is behind the white lady trying to evict people. And people mm. who won't get evicted, I think he is sending the 63rd Street niggas to go fuck to him go up and up. get him out. Yeah. And that's the end of the story. And that shit right now is happening in the city of Detroit. Yeah. Down in the Eastern Market. Mm. Because another uh, staple in the Eastern Market just got is just closing. And them break-ins at the Detroit vs. Everybody store yeah. was connected to a particular company trying to buy all of those places down there. Mm. Um Russell Street Deli is closing in the Eastern Market. Mm, um, that shit been there Street. for like forty for a years, billion dog. years. Yeah, but uh, a dispute with the landlord or with the owner of the building now, who trying to buy all that shit up. Yeah, um, that Detroit versus everybody. Those multiple break-ins, yeah. I think, was because they want that area. They don't want you there. Yeah, and and it was only at that store, like yeah. the Eastern Market location. Yeah, yeah. So I think 
we got one of those situations going on in the city right now. It definitely could. Um, so one thing I read when I when I read the interview with the new showrunner, uh, one thing she mentioned that they were going to focus on was the gentrification of cities like Chicago, of cities like Detroit, of cities that are now seeing the benefits of it, like Atlanta, um, showing that you don't get these residents to just move, get up and leave. So as Toussaint is working her way around the neighborhood, trying to find somebody who will tell her about any of these people on the, uh, on the printout that she got, she finds one neighbor who's cool as fuck and says, I've been over here 40 years. I ain't scared of these niggas, man. Um, so she like, I will help me out. She showed her all the pictures of the, the 63rd street leaders and the neighbor was like, yeah, I seen. Everybody know all these motherfuckers. Yeah, she like, I seen them around. Um, And she was like, you ever seen them at Ethel House? And she like, not necessarily. Like, they just, we know these niggas. Like, like these ain't the. Even Ethel was like, no, I know them. Yeah, I know this one. yeah. Like, I tell you what. Ethel for sure knew Reggie. Now, like, what did she say to make them think that it was more than one person? Oh, well, so on that first episode or the second episode when Tucson first comes in. They told her it was two perps because they said somebody came through the back. Mm -hmm. And as we know, Ethel already said, he came to the door, the front. So she knew just off rip it was two people. But Ethel never saw that second dude. She was already knocked the fuck out when the second dude came through the back and started wrecking the crib. Mm -hmm. So she didn't know that. So when she said, yeah, it was just one guy, she's just telling what she knows. But the detective took that to mean, oh, shit. Like, am I looking too hard? Like, I feel like she got confused. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick up. Almost, yeah. I was like, so now do you, because I'm like, I don't, I guess I don't remember yeah. that they knew it was two people. Yeah. Because I, I don't know that they yeah. knew there was two people because and before Ethel could say something, maybe yeah. they just broke in through the back. So when she, when she freaked out. I, I think she literally went back to when they was first investigating the scene and they said, hey, somebody kicked in that back door. Like, it had to be two assailants. Um, so she had went to the hospital, talked to Ethel, tried to see if she could identify anybody. She knew all of them, but she was like, they weren't they weren't the guys that broke I'll in and beat me up. i tell you what nigga is. And I'm thinking, like, what, what's she about to say? Yeah. She was like, he was black? And he, had, I'm like, all right, nigga, you yeah. got to give me something more than black. So like, when she said, like, he claimed to be uh, a homeless veteran, but was here's good. what I thought she was about to say. You remember, he showed her a veteran's ID. I don't know that it was a legit veteran's ID, but he showed her a veteran's ID before because he did that to validate that, hey, I am a homeless veteran or yeah. whatever. So I thought she was finna say, I remember his name. It was... Whatever, but she didn't say that before she could say anything. She started kind of coughing and she had a little fit. The nurses came in there and uh, Jada was down there with her. And Jada was like, yo, maybe it'll be back if you come or cool if you come back another day. Um, So that's when Tucson started canvassing the neighborhood. She learned that nigga, that little list she walking around with, all them niggas is known. Whether they broke into Ethel crib and beat her up, who the fuck knows? Can't nobody identify that. But uh, one thing she learned was when she was talking to that one neighbor, she was like, have you heard of like any companies trying to evict people and like get them out of the neighborhood? And the lady was like, oh yeah, little white lady been coming to everybody door, knocking, uh, offering money to leave, like good money too. Some people taking it. 
And so Toussaint kind of had that look like. Because once you fuck up Ethel, yeah. they like putting their house up for sale. Yeah. Like, I'm out this bitch. So whoever, whether that company belongs to the dude that owns the, or heads the 63rd Street Mob or not. Because sure, he's going to be in the next episode. Yeah. But whoever the fuck is in charge of this company sending this white lady around, I don't. I don't even know that the white lady is necessarily having to do anything. I think her job is to peacefully yeah, yeah. go up and try to buy these cribs. Facts. When that don't work, now we go to the next level. But I send the sixty third Street niggas over there to, to shoot dice in front of the crib, yeah, so I and can make scope, noise and get that complaint. Get the complaint. Yep. Well, I make. I go over there so I can get a complaint, so I can see who's gonna come out to check me. Uh huh. All right, and the nigga come out the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what time they hear? And they yeah. go in there and do their thing. I think that's what's gonna be the case. It definitely could be, man. I like that. Uh, I like that hot take. But um, final thing with Brandon. What though. we miss? Um, Brandon uh, doing the funerals and shit, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He been getting a lot of business. He went do this little pimp convention and shit. And um, his burner on his joint go out. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the truck. So now he he needs some money. Got to yeah. fix that. So he went to go get him a man. Man was like, uh, "Hey, nigga's gonna be fifteen hundred." He was like, "No, you told me eight fifty. Like yeah. that was before." I did all this shit. So the nigga gave him some weed. Yeah, he said, that's 700 Easy, nigga. So he went to his cousin's house. Yep, who's like the weed master and yeah. shit. Yeah. And um, long story short, everybody kept talk, telling him to enter this contest. Yeah. So he has a flyer yeah. for a, uh, it's a cooking contest. And you basically have to make three signature dishes. Uh, grand prize is five thousand dollars. You gotta own a food truck or a yeah, restaurant. Or a restaurant. Yep. Um you gotta went to the school. It's a requirement that he meet all of them, yeah. but he don't think he can do it or didn't He kinda he questioning his skills. Then he goes into, Oh well, I owe the school money. Um and I'm behind on my loan payments, so they can stop me. So was it Kevin that told him? Or was it uh, everybody his told him. Yeah, everybody told him enter it. But either cousin, Kevin or his cousin. His cousin was like, nigga, just go up there. You yeah, you black. You a Johnson. You a Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to the Johnsons out here. This nigga. You know what I'm saying? Most common last name. This nigga want to shout out all 30 billion in y'all. The second most common name <laughs> in the country and shit. Yeah. But uh, his cousin told him, yeah, you a Johnson. Nigga, like, go down there and talk to these niggas. Only after Smith, which is my mom's maiden name. So I was oh, going to be, wow. I was gonna be uh, <laughs> common as hell no matter what. Yeah, my nigga Jason Smith. <laughs> 313 follow that nigga uh so brandon went down there to his school and he talked to the dean of the school and the dean told him straight up hey nigga if i let you in and i let you enter this contest i gotta do that for everybody um and he just he talked to him talked to him kept going charmed him a little bit and the dean was like all right you know what fuck it we gonna work some out but i'm gonna let you enter the contest on good faith I took that and a lesson to anybody out there, and I posted this today on my Instagram. Follow me at Trinidad and uh, follow Jay at Jason John- Jay Johnson three one three. Follow this week in culture. Uh, but I posted not every door that's closed is locked. Push, push, and that nigga Brandon went down there and pushed, bro. And he he talked to the dean and he got a way in, and now he gets to enter a real life cooking competition that could change his fucking life. Cause right now every dollar he's seeing from the truck goes into fixing the truck or paying his cousin back. Cause his cousin bought him the truck. Yeah. So he ain't seeing no profit right now. He can't get these permits. If he keep owing niggas, most of these small businesses, myself included. Yeah. Like them, they just need a little bit of help, yep. a little yep. bit of assistance to yep. get over a little hump. 
because yep. two bad months and it's a wrap. Yeah, on on most businesses. That's yeah. why most businesses don't live last what five years yeah. or whatever the yep. fuck the shit is called. But like, they just be needing a little bit. Of, where where is the small business welfare? Hey, you know what I'm saying? It's welfare That's for individuals, but where yeah. is the welfare for small businesses? Yeah, and because the country does not work without small businesses. Yeah, the majority of people in the country are employed by small businesses. So like most of the big businesses started out as small businesses. Like yeah. so, like you know, they just need help. They just need yeah. assistance. Like ten grand will change his life. Yeah, shit, five. Because if all my equipment works, yeah. and I can get places, and I can actually get, I can actually pay for permits, and I can actually go park. If I can, where the hottest shit is. If yeah. I had a, a working truck, yep, and my permits were there, yep, and I had enough money to actually buy food and accessories to to sell. I would make money hand yep. over fist, but I can't get ahead because every time I get a little bit of money, something else breaks. Yeah. So well, maybe I was going to buy some extra shrimp and I can get this special yeah. popping. I can't do that right now. Yeah. So I just need a little bit of time, a little yep. bit of funds so I can get over the hump so I can continue to, to do. Hey, if I can get these permits, get my equipment right, and then maybe pay some of the bills that I have. Enough to where every dollar I get isn't going toward a bill. Now it makes sense to me what this nigga said. He got student loans to pay. Yeah. So now, yeah. okay, now that would make pay sense. The culinary school. I'm like, because yeah. if not, fam, fuck them student loans. Yeah. But it, but now I get it. And you see where it could hold you back. It's funny too. Um, I just paid off one of my two remaining student loans, and me paying that has opened up an opportunity that I'm I'm hoping that I'm able to do this year. But without paying that, Man, I, remember I, paid, I was held up. I paid my shit off. Them niggas mailed me back a quarter taped to a piece of paper. <laughs> they literally taped a quarter to a piece of paper and told me I paid at 25 cents too much. My Lord. And that them writing the check and processing it was going to be more than the 25 cents. So they taped a quarter to a piece of paper. That's so annoying. And said, here you go. They sent this nigga a quarter. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, nah, man, I'm hoping, obviously, that he enters and wins this contest. But, uh, oh, something else that they said was going to happen this season, the showrunner. She said, in addition to talk about, like, gentrification and, you know, what it does to these inner city neighborhoods, um, actually, a couple things. One, she brought that up, and she was also like, we're going to see how people like Jerrica and her parents who are involved in this real estate, how they're connected to all of this stuff. And like, not that I, 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 I bet Jerrica parents, um, as, as bougie as they, 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 they claim to be. Yeah. I bet you they tied up in some illegal shit or, or they probably tied up some shit. They could be the ones sending people to beat up Miss Ethel for as we know. Like nigga. the, the 63rd street. Yeah. They probably, they probably got a working relationship with the, the with head a, nigga. With a head nigga. And he don't, and they, they don't know that I run the, the underground yeah. and you help finance the underground. Because what he told Reggie, hey, if you see me in the streets, you don't know me, nigga. My, when you that high in in uh, gang and mob hierarchy, nigga, your hands are clean from everything you involved in. Can't nobody identify you for shit. That, though. Like, you so bougie. Yeah. And you don't want this. And you probably help financing the same motherfuckers that you despise. Yep. 100%. You're out here literally... Buying and selling the homes. They pull that shit together. That's on some wire shit. That'll be that's what I'm saying. That's so they, what happened with the wire. They did mention that and then just on gentrification, uh, real quick. Did you see that shit going on at Howard? Yeah. 
I, I just wanted to fucking touch on that real because I thought it was funny. Uh, at Howard University, um, obviously, if you're familiar with D.C., uh, D.C., just like Chicago, Detroit, wherever, white people are invading. They come in, or and not just white people, but wealthy people well, This uh, is about general. white people. Like, this is specifically life, about white people. And I don't know how I feel about it, to be yeah. perfectly honest, because at the end of the day, it's like, if these was black people with their dogs in the area, like, y'all wouldn't care. Yeah, but because of gentrification yeah. and the overarching thing, like yeah. the white people are taking over now, y'all now they they close it. So I'm just like, so white people are coming onto Howard's campus, uh, which is in the center of DC, uh, and they're coming onto the campus to walk their dog around. Unfortunately, it's not a dog park. It's not a dog park, and that's what the students and faculty are saying. Like, yo, Santa Dog Park. Like, this is a college campus. Like, I feel y'all. It's a lot of open land, but still our college. Like I go because, like, so me, like, I go to schools in my neighborhood. I yeah. use their tracks. I go run. Yeah. I work out. Like, I go to universities and different shit that I'm not a member of. But nigga, this shit in my neighborhood, yeah. I'm gonna go up there and run in the track. Yeah, at Southfield High, Southfield Latham, yeah, or uh, Wayne State, whatever Wherever the fuck. The like, fuck. I yeah. use that shit because this shit is in the neighborhood and I use it. So, like, I get if I, a nigga take his dog around there, but. Old boy that was on there, yeah, and he said I'm he shitting and I'm not picking it up. And if you don't like it, move the fucking yeah. university. Hey, so, then get the fuck out of here. And that's the problem. So the white people aren't coming in and saying, "Hey, we live in this neighborhood now, uh, so we want to integrate into the neighborhood with these college students and faculty." They're coming in and saying, "Hey, I'm walking my dog around your campus. My dog is shitting. I'm not picking it up. If you have a problem with that, move." You and Howard University. Think about that. You and Howard University can go ahead and get the fuck out. So now, fam, ain't it against the ain't it a ticket a tickable ticketable offense to like how your to dog to not pick up your shit? Yeah, yeah, that's a real thing, and you can get a real fine. But this is also happening about two weeks after uh, white people in D.C. proper, not necessarily on Howard's campus, but sort of in the area. D.C. ain't big, so in the areas uh, surrounding that, and just kind of more in the city of D.C. Um, or the district of D.C., there have been white people complaining about go-go music and go-go music chill clubs and go-go music coming out of cars. And so about a week and a half ago, <laughs> black I'm, D.C. residents I'm got from, together. I'm not from D.C., but I know D.C. is go-go they fucking are, music. Nigga. Like, stop it. So this is why I love Come black on, people. When that happened and the white people were complaining about the go-go music, all the black people of D.C. got together in one, like, main area and threw, like, this large go-go uh, block party. <laughs> and it was, like, basically right in the neighborhood of the people that were complaining about it. They stood right up under their building and had this giant fucking go-go music party. So, basically, white people, stop coming into our neighborhoods and telling us how to fucking act. Um, You didn't have to come in our neighborhoods. It's a double-edged sword, though. It, it is. Because, like... We go into what insert white neighborhood here, and yeah. we in the park, um, gr grilling. Yeah, and then barbecue Becky called the police on us and shit. It's like nigga, I can come over here too. This is hey, it's a double edged sword. Now, now, it, I can go over there and I can legally grill. If it was a park where I couldn't grill, and I came over there and I grilled. That was the whole issue. Yeah, she was like, "I didn't. I don't. You can't legally yeah, do that." Yeah, but it's like, I no. Yes, the fuck, I this can't. Is six by twelve. This is six by twelve. You only can use six by ten. Yeah, but like, don't. Yeah, you can't come on my campus and tell me you can walk your dog around and shit and not pick yeah, it up. You like that's illegal. You, fine, you can't fine. come on my block and tell me uh, the club that plays go go music that's on this block that's been playing go go music since the fucking hundreds 80s, of years. Maybe? Can't fucking play go go music. So 
all that said, um, this gentrification angle on the shy is interesting to me because it can. I like to call it white infiltration mm. because mm. gentrification is not attached to a gender. I mean, uh, it's not attached to a race. A race, yeah, yeah. Uh, black people, anybody can gentrify. Black people, we should be gentrifying our own neighborhoods. Yeah, no, we're trying to move. Gentrification is taking money to an area that was less than or less blightful putting yeah. money in, like that don't got to be white people yeah so the term gentrification i don't want that associated with white people so to speak because yeah. i can do that and i'm i got a plan to do that in my own neighborhood my own communities yeah we're not gonna give them only the good shit yeah now that's white infiltration um what's what's really interesting though or what i'm interested to see is the angle of jerica and her parents because kind of go back to her whole thing with that uh that client she was trying to pick up that rich snooty ass black lady that she had brandon cook for think about because kind of connecting it to the head of the 63rd street mob one of the buildings she might be looking into might be a building that he owns or a building that he's trying to move like it's it's, it's a way that all this is going to connect degrees of separation and what we know about the shy is it's usually only two <laughs> like one or two so it even if you ain't been feeling the season so far, which I think is crazy because I think the first two episodes were excellent, and I think this one was good. It was a little slower. I personally could deal without it the Ronnie flashbacks. There wasn't no flash. violence in this episode. Yeah, and I don't need Ronnie flashbacks. That's just me. Maybe that's what it was. His character of all the characters is the least interesting because y'all aren't digging. Y'all like showing me. Y'all aren't digging to the main thing I think is his issue, which is PTSD. Y'all are shying away from that. You showing me he got a drinking problem. You showing me he lazy. But you're not telling me why. You're not showing and me. I trying really... to make it seem like he about to have this giant recovery story because he stopped and didn't go get yeah, alcohol. Yeah. He when stopped he came at out. the. Oh yeah. It's, oh god. Miss me with that whole scene. And the fucking lawyer was like, "Look, nigga, I'm not. I don't like defending. Like, first, I'm not your friend. Yeah, you're a murderer. Yeah, I don't like defending white supremacy. I wanted the lawyer to really whoop his ass. Or the. I'm uh, just trying to make partner, and that'd be the fucked up. Yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he thanked her for getting him out pro bono. Sometimes. She I get like, what you're trying to do, yeah. but if you this fucking good, why the yeah. fuck you want to be a partner? Create your own fucking firm. So you uh, got a nickname. People know you good. We talking to you, Christopher Darden. Why the fuck are you helping out niggas that murdered a like you voluntarily helped a man that shot a fucking great man in the community, and now you want to go? I ain't speaking none of them niggas' names on here, but you helping Nipsey's killer because. You just you was involved in one of the most fucked up cases in history and you lost. And yeah, that was open and shut and you lost it. And now I think he's angry because his quote unquote people turned on. Him. Yeah, I 100 percent believe he's angry. And he now he like, like I right, well, you know what he want? He like, yo, y'all helped or y'all was hyped when a killer got off back in 94. So I'm about to help a killer get off. How about that? That's what Christopher Darden won. Uh, but the the lady on Ronnie's attorney, she like, yo, I was trying to make partner. I don't like helping y'all niggas. Y'all niggas ain't shit. I'm not your friend. Uh, but I got you off because this going to help my caseload. So we got some interesting angles coming up on the shy. I'm definitely uh, tuned in. Um, and we hope y'all tune in every Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Let us know how y'all feeling about this season so far. Go comment on uh, on the Instagram page or the Facebook page. This Week in Culture, episode 40. I'm Ant. That's Jay. We out.